Welcome to episode 70, Hello Bass Bass Fishing Podcast. Today we're talking big baits, John boats, boat builds, tournament fishing, and a whole bunch of other stuff with Matt Streichel from SB Fishing TV. It's a good episode. Matt's a cool dude. He's a modest guy, but he knows more about big baits than he lets on. So listen to what he's saying. I bet you're going to learn something. Enjoy the episode. This week, the Hell of Ass Bass Fishing Podcast is brought to you by Arsenal Fishing. Arsenal Fishing offers premium custom-made performance apparel and tackle. Arsenal delivers a wide variety of custom-designed baits, accessories, and tools, along with unique utilitarian apparel for all outdoor enthusiasts. As part of their support, you can use code HELLABASS15 to save 15% on all purchases at arsenalfishing.com to support the show. Now let's get back to helping you catch more bass and suck less. All right, we are live. Another Wednesday night, HELLABASS Live. What's up, Matt? How's it going? It's going great. Thanks for having me, man. Appreciate yeah, it. So. I don't know if people don't know, uh, is it, it's Matt Streichel. Is that how you pronounce your last name? You nailed it. Very rare. But, uh, Very rare. Most people know you as SB Fishing TV on YouTube. Yeah, that's correct. What's with the, is that, is that Streichel Brothers? Is that what the SB is? Yeah. Yeah. My brother Ace and I started it back in 2016. And nice. that was probably the hardest thing is trying to come up with a name. We were like, what do we, what do we call it? And then it just kind of settled on that. It was the best thing we could come up with. And then it just stuck. I guess I've watched a fair amount of your videos. Uh, I guess I never realized Ace was your brother. I just thought he was like your buddy. I mean, obviously your brother is yeah. your buddy, but like. Of course, of course. Yeah, he's my brother. And it was something that we hoped to, you know, do together. But he also has uh, two kids now and one on the way. So at the time it was like very difficult. He had full-time job and his daughter and then. Mm-hmm. had a son and then it's like hard to do what I do in that situation. Absolutely. So, I mean, it's just what we were talking about earlier. It's like, yeah, kind of hand in hand. It's, it's a very difficult thing, but no kids for me. So I kind of just took it and <laughs> ran and he was cool that he's very supportive yeah. of it. So absolutely. Yeah. So we get too far. Uh, hey, everybody in chat, let us know uh, how's the sound, how the video. It seems pretty good on my end, but just want to make sure it's good for everybody else before we get like down some rabbit hole and everybody's like, we can't hear you. And uh, there's an echo. <laughs> Looks like Darius says it's good. Um, <clears throat> hard-hitting question right off the gate. AP Fishing wants to know what happened to the Bite Podcast. The Bite Podcast. So, I mean... I'm in a text chat group with all the guys. We're all still very cool. We still mm-hmm. talk on a daily basis. Um, the podcast just got to be a bit difficult for everybody to meet up because um, my brother Ace lives in Winchester, Virginia, which is like an hour and 20 minutes from Billy's where we have the podcast. Wow. Matt and Tyler lived probably an hour away from there. I live in Richmond now, which is an hour and a half. Everybody's really far to get everybody together. Um, it's just a difficult thing to do every week. And then on top of that, Billy was taking care of literally all the editing. We did it at his house. He had all the equipment. He's a good dude, great dude. And he nice. never complained about it or anything, but it definitely got to be difficult to do. And then coronavirus and all that happened. And it was yeah. like, should we be meeting up? Like, we don't really know what's going on and there's a bunch of stuff, but I think we will probably end up getting some things going again for sure. Nice. Like we're all very close 
buddies. So we text on yeah, a daily basis. Might, this uh, this StreamYard platform might be the the answer to your your uh, this this right here. What we're doing could be a good way for you to do that. <clears throat> that is not a bad idea. Because like this this has a super slick like download audio or video and like so you can do you can do it offline or you can do it online and and uh, it's super simple. I actually put mine into a podcast form as well, just as like a like an offshoot of this. So it could be. Yeah, no, it's great. Like, I mean, we got nothing but, uh, you know, positive comments and uh, support for that podcast, which when we started, we were like, we have no idea how it's going to go. We'll see. But it's a, you know, it's something that people like to listen to. There's such a lack of fishing <laughs> podcasts out there. I mean, I know yeah. of Casting Crank, that's probably, actually, I listen to Casting Crank pretty frequently. He has a lot of awesome guests on there. And, they do a great There's job. Actually, a plethora of podcasts. Are there really for fishing? Yeah. Like if I, I look at Spotify right now, will like a bunch of them pop up? That's. I think so. <clears throat> you might be surprised, especially like share. about the time you stopped doing it. Did it like COVID, blow up? Like everybody's like, I, I'm at home. I've got time to start a podcast. <laughs> well, now I feel like an idiot. But yeah. <laughs> <laughs> Um, before we get too far, I just want to thank uh, Arsenal Fishing uh, for supporting the show and the channel. Obviously, it allows us to do more of these streams, do more videos, do more stuff. So if you guys want to support the channel, you guys can support Arsenal Fishing. You'll see the, the code scrolling down there below and, and uh, Omnia Fishing as well. But So that's the housekeeping of the uh, the evening. Will Brown says, what up, Matt? So I don't know. Just give us like two minutes on uh, on yourself and what you're all about. Um and then we'll get into maybe in just more general stuff. Sure. Yeah. Uh, my name is Matt Strykel. I'm the owner. I run SB Fishing TV. I never really know how to uh, explain that. I have the YouTube channel SB Fishing TV, but I'm pretty much obsessed with fishing. I love to do it. I'm absolutely addicted to fishing, which is how I started doing this YouTube channel. It was like, I'm not good enough to be a professional angler. I'm not good enough to be a guide, but I might be able to do this YouTube thing because I got a little bit of video editing experience. Um, I know how to work a GoPro and I can make fishing videos and like, I'll see how far I can take it. So that's kind of how I stumbled upon that. And I've been very fortunate and it's worked out and kind of the stars kind of aligned to mm -hmm. grow it to the size that it is. And, now I'm here on this podcast having a great time. Yeah, and now you've made it officially because you're on Hellabass Live. So uh, that's, I mean, you, you know what? I think you're 100% right. <laughs> what's up, Jay? Good to see you tonight. Um, I don't know. What's the, been fishing the, the Pabiffles? Pabiffles. Mm, I actually, I want to say my buddy Alex or Got Gills. Oh, is, that that the BFLs? is that what we're the, Yeah, the, the PBFLs. Yeah, the Phoenix ah. BFLs. Ah, okay. I think him and Tyler are fishing them this year. Um, I didn't jump into them, but it was uh, yeah. it was definitely a thought. I fished the Open. That was a lot of fun. I ended up fishing that as a co-angler, but nice. it was cool. Yeah, it's been a few years. I loved it. I, I used to fish the Great Lakes Division a little bit up here in the Mississippi River, which was a ton of fun. It just I have a hard time fitting it in my schedule. Um, yeah, Corey. Yeah, I think this will be a good show. I think uh, it'll be fun. John, I think if you keep tuning in, yes, we can all suck less a little more at fishing. It'll be good. Um, I love that tagline, by the way. Just suck less. 
Yeah, and and it's like so like I I don't usually talk like I I was about to do a video about like what does it mean to suck less at fishing, <clears throat> and what that means, if you think about it, we all suck pretty bad at fishing. Whether it's you, me, Jacob Wheeler, Kevin Van Dam, Jordan Lee, like we've well we say let's like make a thousand casts all day. We probably catch like on a good day twenty fish. That's like. A point zero zero two percentage of like right like if you're a baseball player you are literally right. the worst baseball player ever in the world if you're like the best fast fisherman and so what it means to suck less is if you can just go if you can get like a bite on a hundredth percent more or a tenth percent more of your cast that's exponentially better so if we all just suck less a little bit fishing gets so much better I love that that's hilarious <laughs> that's <laughs> pretty much. Every tournament by like one or two o'clock, my brother and I have a joke. It's like we just look at each other and just go, dude, just let's just fish better. Yeah. Let's just came <laughs> let's just start catching them. Let's just fish better, bro. There's a super throwback here. I used to rollerblade like pretty competitively, like travel around the country and sure. go to all these skate parks and compete in these tournament or competitions or whatever. But there was a Disney show called Brink back in the day. And there was yeah. a point where he's like skating in a competition. He's doing really bad. And like one of his friends comes up to him. He's like, man, just skate better. He's just, <laughs> oh my God, that's all I got to do. I just got to skate better. So we kind of took it from that, just turned it into fish better. And yeah, it's pretty funny. It's like right along the lines of suck less, which is why I like that so much. Yeah, awesome. Very cool. What's up? What's up, uh, Mike? Good to see you on here. Oh, so we'll get in. So what are we going to talk about tonight? I got a few things. We're going to definitely spend some time talking about big baits and swim baits because I've watched some of your videos and your channel and you do <laughs> pretty good. And you, you've got you got some nice fish catches and you got some cool baits. We're definitely going to talk about that. And you've definitely had some success. I think we'll talk about some of the John boat stuff. Cause that's something we don't talk about a lot is like your John boat tournaments. And then you've got a few boat restoration projects that are worth discussing that you uh, have in process oh, yeah. and that you've done in the past. Uh, and then maybe just like some of your tournaments and travel and, and then just getting into all kinds of things. Um, I'm Sounds pretty great. sure he's not Debo's little brother. <laughs> Who's Debo? Debo's a guy, a uh, content creator out of Iowa. Um, he actually has a hundred thousand subs. There's like, <laughs> hey, you know I do know who you're talking about. Yeah. He does a lot of unboxing and gear reviews and, and things like that. So it's cool. Cool dude. Um, but uh, so let's, you mentioned, I was going to talk about the James and you, you've got a couple of practice videos. So you did end up getting in as a co you, you hopped over to, to even out the field a little bit. Yeah. I mean, I couldn't fish it as a boater. So I was like, you know, a little bummed out by it, but I didn't want to, miss out on all the action i really it's one of those things where like it was very last minute when i signed up and i told myself well like i really want to do this don't care if i can't get in as a boater i want to get in the action regardless Uh so i called up the tournament director and i was like man can i fish as a co-angler he was like sure no problem (laughs) that's fine he was completely busy with the the whole gas shortage thing that was going on like when i called in it sounded like they were having a hell of a time. Like it was nuts, but he was like, dude, what? yeah, sure. No problem. What's your name? Let me switch you over. But he was really nice about it and he helped me out. So it worked out. Nice. Any, any good experience there? Like do you have a, any interesting draws or how did it go? 
I mean, without spoiling the video that's probably coming out in the next day the, or so. But, it'll uh, be out tomorrow. It's funny. I just uploaded it actually. Um, day one was very difficult on me. It was it was tough. I was fishing behind good fishermen, and we we're basically fishing isolated cypress trees, mm -hmm. pulling up, pulling down. <clears throat> He's fishing them. Um, I did pretty poor. Second day, phenomenal day. I drew a local angler. His name is Steve Colgan. He works here at a local shop called Green Tops. Mm -hmm. And I mean, he's, I want to say he's 60 and he grew up here on the Chickahominy River. Nice. So he fished the James and Chick his whole life. I mean, he showed me around. He taught me how to get in and out of places. I was curious about how to run. Mm -hmm. Um, and he put me on fish all day. It was, a, I mean, we just had fun. I wasn't expecting nice. really anything, but it, it was just a fun day all around. He was such a good dude. Just one of those people that you get on the boat with and you shoot the shit and have an amazing time all day. So it was yeah. great. It, it was really great. You both have a good time. You learn something. And that's yeah. It. Dude, he had a six pound. It was probably five and a half or six pounds. At this, it was awesome. We were leaving a spot. We we're going to make a run probably 15 minutes back up toward Richmond and finish up around there. And we're running out of there full speed. And he comes off that and he goes, hang on. I just want to fish this one tree real quick. It's like, okay, <laughs> cool. He pulls up first cast with his crankbait catches. Like he hooks into this giant fish. It gets wrapped up in the tree. Neither of us saw it. I think he, he probably had it stuck for probably 20 or 30 seconds. And then it pops free and it comes up. And I'm like, oh my God, that's a giant. And we ended up catching it, but kept his cool, beautiful fish. I think it was, nice. I want to say it was five and a half pounds, but definitely an awesome experience. Very cool. Yeah, that sounds awesome. <clears throat> um, so what's going on in the chat here? James says, I, I think he must be talking about your house because I don't know who James is. Um, I don't know who that is either. <laughs> no, I'm just kidding. That's my buddy, James Kelly, who, uh, <laughs> He came on that the 50 state tour trip with me. Ah, nice. Yeah. He's making fun of me because I have these old headphones and he was always letting me use his. Uh, he has some very nice bows. Like nice. Super nice, high quality headphones. He's been busting my chops about it for years. Yeah, cool. Logan just bopped in. He just watched the Sobe. I'm amazing. Like, <clears throat> Sobe's work ethic. Like, we fished a Tuesday night tourney last night and we had three cameras going. And uh, and he got there and he had drone footage and all kinds of stuff. And we didn't leave the parking. I, I left at like 1030 and he was still like putting stuff away. And he lives like half an hour, 45 minutes from there. And he had a fully high end video out 6 p.m. tonight. with Teasers on Instagram. And like just like it's like, man, that's, uh, that's he's awesome. a beast, man. Yeah. But, so he uh, is a beast and he's like one of the nicest dudes I've ever met. Sure. <laughs> he, he's a great dude. And what I tell people is like, he is the exact same dude on the camera as he's off the camera. He's hundred percent genuine. Yeah. He's awesome. Um, but yeah, so like after this stream, go check that out. He, he, he killed it, uh, that video for sure. So, um, I definitely will. Yeah. That's, uh, I'm looking forward to it. That'll be yeah, cool. just in general. Uh, <laughs> Yeah, Thomas. Good stuff. Glad you're enjoying Omnia, and I'm glad I help people and like find out about them. And you don't have to wait three weeks and or pay eleven dollars to get your stuff. So, 
probably. Yeah, I see. Yeah, watched a lot. Wearing a lot of Gil gear these days. Yeah. Oh, yeah. They're looking it up. I, uh, I guess we can call it pro staff kind of deal. A brand ambassador. uh, (laughs) Brand ambassador. I don't actually. I'm so terrible with this kind of stuff. Yeah. I don't know how they would want me to explain it, but I am working with Gil. Um, yeah. They hooked me up with a full rain suit, bibs, jacket. It's super nice, high quality. One thing I will say, I did like, I'd never used their product before. And when they reached mm-hmm. out, I was like, you can send me something and I'll try it out. And if I like it, we can talk further. Like I, I really yeah. do stand behind. Like I, I need to see it. I need to try it. I can't just take, some like company's word and be like, yeah, no problem. Like I'll take your money and like promote this to everybody. It's definitely not my style. Like I, I truly use all of my gear and I yeah. beat the hell out of it. And I want to make sure that I could, that it will last me. That's the biggest thing. It's like, how can I basically, how can I push something on someone that I can't even use for two months? So, yeah. Hundred percent. Like, really even nice like gear. Companies that I work with, if they come out with something new, like I'm going to use it for at least a week or yeah. two. Like, if it's a, I mean, it may, I mean, if it's like it's a bait or a tool or a scissors, I'm going to at least give it like a week of like using it before I'm going to be like, "This is the greatest thing ever." <laughs> right. Absolutely. No, I, I, I'm the exact same way, and that's how I think it should be. You know, it's. Uh, yeah. I don't know. Yeah. It, it's really nice stuff, though. I like it. Oh, yeah. I, I've seen a little bit of it. It seems genuine. Um, and, you know, good sun gear is... Imp- I mean, I'm just a huge... <clears throat> like, I just... Like, I pretty much... My, like, summer apparel is my Arsenal hooded, lightweight sun shirts. Like, that's all I wear. Like, that's... That's what I told them, too. I was like, <laughs> if you guys want to send me a bunch of your UV tech hoodies, like, I'm set. I don't need anything else. Yeah. That's all I wear. I'll wear... Some really light pants or shorts and a sun hoodie every day. Yeah. From I mean, one hoodie, one pair of long pants, and seventeen sun shirts. <laughs> that's what I told him. I'm not, I'm not gonna wash the hoodie. I'll just. I was. I was like, yeah, uh, and I think that's what I, I got. One hoodie, and I think I got fifteen sun shirts coming. I was right. like, I need about two weeks worth of clothes in case I go on a trip and I don't want to wash it, like so I can just run through them. But that's literally what I wear. My girlfriend hates me for it. She's like, dude. You look like a nerd, but yeah. I, yeah, I don't know if, if he needs a sub, I'm in, but otherwise if, if Brock and, and Bart are in town, I'm sure they're going to fill the bill. So cool. Good stuff. Well, let's see. Uh, well guys that are here, let's hit the thumbs up. Maybe share it out a little bit. Let's get a few more people in here before we start talking about like the juicy big bait stuff that we really want to talk about. So, um, <clears throat> yeah, I, I think the first time I like found your channel was I think YouTube recommended, was like the fall of 2019 when you guys had your year end John Boat Championship. When you the guys classic, like, like, yeah. crushed them, the classic, and like, I just and, Dude, like, you got so lucky. Yeah. You got so lucky for two days in a row. Chances of that are so slim, but we did it. You know, that's the way things go sometimes. Yeah, that, 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 was, a, that was a sweet video, those couple videos. So <clears throat> thank you. I and appreciate I was like, it. Man, this guy's in a van, he's got a sweet John Boat. And I was like, man, if I. If I if I wouldn't have like met my wife in college, I'd probably be a guy living in a van down by the river fishing every day. <laughs> if you like to fish, there's really no better way. I'm serious. Like it, 
it's awesome. Crash wherever you can and fish wherever you want. Kind of yeah. chase the bite. Yeah, hundred percent. Like I, like I, we were talking before the show. Like I, I'm, I'm a big. I don't know. I like being like out camping in the back of my Tahoe, hooked up to my boat, and staying at campgrounds. And like that's, I don't know. It, it fits my vibe. Thomas said it was the rod and reel arsenal that YouTube put in front of him. He was in. Oh, nice. Thanks, Thomas. I think I have a couple up there. Maybe two or three. Yeah. In my memory. None of it's changed. Like it's all, <laughs> I have a smorgasbord of rods. I don't have all the same anything. Yeah. I have I've Dobbins. kind of uh, adding a few more Dobbins more and more. Uh, over yeah. The no, I mean, those are, yeah, they're, they're probably my favorite rods that I've nice. fished. And I'm trying to switch over to like mm-hmm. all Dobbins at some point, but I mean, they're super nice. Yeah, I'm a big. I I, uh, I had a bad customer experience with G Loomis when Shimano bought him, and I like garage sale all my Loomises and slowly switched over to Dobbins from there on out. So, what do you? you so you're pretty happy with them as well. Then. Yeah, I've got like thirty of them. Oh, <laughs> I, my rod and reel arsenal had to be a four part series. <laughs> That's a lot. That's a lot of rods. I think I have maybe. Someone asked me this the other day. I think I have 10 or 12 full combos, like, it's ready pretty, to go. It's pretty it's light. Uh, I think it's light. Yeah. yeah, that is. For sure. I wish I had more. Honestly, I, I do need to get everything. Considering you probably will have, like, two or three big bait rods. Two. Two. Yeah. So that means, like, you have, like, eight or ten, like, regular rods. <clears throat> yeah. Yeah, that sounds about right. If something breaks, I'll... I, okay, I probably have, we'll say I have 15 to 20 rods, but like fully ready to go setups at all sure. times is like 12. Right. So you know, if I broke something, I'll switch it out with something else and go from there. But I definitely need to update that rod arsenal and just like switch over to Dobbins completely. A DC trip, was that the Potomac, Potomac or was it something else in DC? <clears throat> Oh yeah, uh, that's my that's my buddy Andrew. We fished yeah, up in DC. That's right. Um, fished like up above the Wilson Bridge. Caught a bunch and had a couple of real. I had one giant. I think it was like six and a half pounds or close to seven on a chatterbait. Nice. And it's in some of the most like ridiculous places you could imagine. Super dangerous to be getting your boat around. Um, you really have to know how to navigate it up there. It's just, it's sketchy. Like, yeah, it looks like wide open water, but it can be three feet with an old, like old bridge piling is going 50 yards off the bank. Nice. That kind of stuff. It's just super I found sketchy. some sketchy water last Sunday on the Mississippi river. Took out my skig. On my... Oh, damn. Oh. Did you really? <laughs> how fast were you going? Probably like 35 or 40. <clears throat> That's terrifying to me. I don't know. I'm always like <laughs> overly cautious in any area. I don't know where I'm at. I'm like, you know what? I'll just I'll just idle through this, or uh, I'll drop the trolling motor down and fish if it looks good. But I I had probably run it ten times before the water was just okay. a little lower, and it finally. I understand the calculated risk. The odds finally fell in the wrong. The odds were forever in my favor there. That's too funny. 
That sucks. Right. Did, are you going to replace it with, like, are you getting someone to weld another skeg? Yeah, this is, now that I'm done with my week-long 10-day bass and bender, like, I wasn't going to get it fixed. I was like, I'm, I have a whole week to fish. I'm it still <laughs> works. So, yeah. Uh, so this week, I'll uh, I'll probably drop it off and get the skeg welded and the prop fixed again. So nice. I, I did the same thing last October. So Damn. I think it literally cracked in the same place where it got welded. So okay. did... You just cracked the previous weld off. So you're, saying, sure. just, you're getting a new it one. Looks exactly the same. I could go back and look at the Instagram pictures and it looked like the same break. That is too funny. <clears throat> did your, did you spin the hub on your prop as well or no? Mm-mm. Oh, that's good. That's no. good. Bent all four ears though. So oh, that's, that's not fun. What kind what prop, what, what is your boat set up? What are you? Uh, so I got a 2005 <clears throat> Pantera classic with a 200 EFI on it. Sick. So very nice. I wish it was an opti, but it's an EFI. But. This is all so new to me. Like I, I just got this old gambler and I've been yeah. spending the majority of my days like just looking through gambler groups or like it just bass boat information yeah. in general and like really learning about props and motors and anything I can get my hands on, basically. It's really interesting to me and it's new. So um yeah, all that stuff is crazy. Like I've had already had to change the prop on mine like randomly one day, just running down the channel, didn't hit anything. The hub on the prop just just okay. went, yeah. just went randomly, <laughs> but got it fixed. Yeah. The snow video is what sold me. That is funny. <laughs> years ago. Yeah, I used to do that as a little side gig. I had a my cousin's friend. Um, like won a bid through VDOT uh, Department of Transportation and he had two or three plow trucks. So right. in the winter, if it snowed, he'd call me up and I would go drive for 30 bucks an hour, 12 hour shifts, make quick 400 bucks or 500 nice. bucks, whatever it was. It was perfect. Sweet. Well, let's, uh, let's maybe start talking about some big baits. So John says, what's your favorite budget big swim bait and what setup are you using it on? Favorite budget big swim bait. So let's say X. budget. Let's set the budget. Let's say I would say less than forty dollars is a budget swim bait. How's that? Less than forty bucks. Okay. Before we get into all of this, I do want to put a quick disclaimer up here. Okay. I'm still even new to throwing big baits. Sure. I'm not like super experienced in it. I have learned pretty quickly through mm-hmm. fishing with my buddy Billy because he is like very into it. He understands it a lot more than me and. Sure being someone that I fish with all the time, it was like, all right, damn, I see this work. So I'm going to have to try it out. And he's kind of like really gotten me onto it. Um, and any questions that I've ever had and, you know, new baits that I've thrown have definitely been his doing. So now that that's out there, budget swim bait. Um, actually I did pretty good on the Savage gear, uh, shine line. Yeah. I think that one's great. Did very well on that. And I think you can get, I mean, those go on sale for what? Those are pretty cheap. I want to say those are like 25. Yeah. Yeah. They might even be like 18.99 or 21. I mean, they're not like they're for sure. And they're not, I don't know. They make a bigger one. They're not huge either. The shine glide, right? They're not, they make a big one. I don't think that they make like a, like a huge one, but I, I, I would say it's, I really can't even remember the size of it right now because it's um, 
I want to say they, they put the measurement out in millimeters, right? It's like a one, well, it's like a six inch bait. Yeah. I was, say, I was thinking six inch, which is substantial. I mean, like in the big bite game, not, not big. Yeah. They're like, the 3D Shine Glide is nineteen to twenty five dollars. Yeah, that's not bad. No, it's not bad at all. That's like a. I think that's a great entry level swim bait too, or glide bait. We'll say if, if you really want to try to throw a glide bait around, and it's your first bigger bait. Also, not something that's going to be super intimidating too. Um, yeah, that's a that's a great choice. Yeah, like that's not. Um... Yeah, the five and a quarter is kind of small, but the seven and a quarter is probably what you're talking about. Yeah, that's the one that I've thrown. Yeah, which is, and it's not like a huge, heavy, like big pro. It's not two, two, two ounces, right? So it's not massive. Yeah, yeah, pretty good. It's still, I mean, it's still one of those bigger baits, though, where it's like if you're coming from conventional tackle and you're used to tournament fishing or. Mm -hmm. Even you know bank fishing or just fishing in general, and you haven't thrown any big baits. That's a good one just to get your feet wet, to have on the deck and throw around, or even spend full days of throwing. Yeah, and, and like I tell you, like for the price of a mega bass, you can have a, a pretty solid little glide bait, right? So, yeah, absolutely. I think what's up, yeah, Tom? Definitely good choice from the Dream Smasher hanging out. How's it going, Go, Tom? Big fan of Tom's baits, by the way. Actually, I got two of them right here. I was gonna share with on the show if you asked anything about yeah. my favorite soft plastic swim baits for sure the dream smashers are amazing <laughs> these things are dope really yeah. like the new packaging by the way too nice looks yeah, great I got, a, I got a handful like this is i mean this is not a big bait but i've caught the a lot of good fish on that little gill so tom is actually a buddy of mine as well he actually uh, we spent uh, some time together in the same bass club for a few years so nice very cool. Yeah, Tom's a great dude. He's helped me out quite a bit. Me and Billy both. And Billy's the one that got me on his baits, actually. Um, yeah, we were out one day fishing uh, random lake here in Virginia. And mm -hmm. they were just crushing big baits. And I wasn't really into throwing them that much that time. I saw his Dream Smasher. I was like, let me, let me throw that thing around a little bit. And just got absolutely demolished. And then I think like the next cast I caught like a three and a half pounder on it. Nice. And then we started fishing it more and more and they're, they're amazing baits. They're awesome. Yeah. Cool. And, and pretty durable. Like you catch a lot of fish on them. Yeah. Um, and the, the other thing I like about them so much is how weedless they are in mm -hmm. wood and grass, which I spent a lot of time fishing these around wood, like, bluff walls with trees that are the, some of the gnarliest trees you could imagine. I'm throwing it into the middle of it, letting it sink to the bottom, bringing it up to the branch and just like kind of letting it bounce off and over. Caught a lot of big fish doing that last spring. With the beast hook? With the beast hook. I want to say 10 knot. Yeah. It's either 8 or 10 knot. 10 probably. Um, but never getting this thing snagged and you know, as we were fishing it around all the wood and stuff, I was thinking, man, this thing's going to be pretty killer on the Potomac. I wonder how it's going to do in the grass. I don't know how great it's going to do because of the squared off nose. Threw it in grass, and I'm like so surprised how amazing this thing is in it. So yeah, as long surprising. As it's standing grass, if it's like <clears throat> loose grass, it wraps pretty easy. But if it's, if it's like, yeah, if it's like matted hydrilla, I mean, there's very few things I feel like you yeah. can actually throw through matted hydrilla that's not a frog or punching. 
but yeah, through the standing grass, it did great. I was very impressed. Cool. So just in general, like when you're out fishing, uh, what do you look for? What what's like what like, like makes the hair stand up on the back of your neck and go? It's time to pick up a big bait. Like what are your clues or your weather or your is there anything like activity? Like what what are some general ideas for people that like to put the odds in their favor from your perspective? So I pretty much always like at this point, even if I'm fishing a tournament, no matter where I'm at or what I'm doing, like I'll always have it rigged up and on the deck, mm-hmm. and I fish it like any other bait. Like if it's a jig or a Texas rig or a topwater, if I come up to an area with, say, I mean, it's an area with like a, a giant laydown sure. that has a really good cast that if I can hit the base of it, I can run a glide bait like all the way down that tree and it opens up and get bushy, opens up and gets bushy. That's like an, that's a spot where I'll pick up the big bait and make two or three casts. And if I don't get a follow or don't see the fish, then I'll flip it. Mm-hmm. And anything like that, like I fish it, like I fish any other bait. I'm not one to, I mean, there have been situations that I will fish them all day, but it's very rare at this point because I see it as a tool, like a jig or like a top water. Like, you know how you'll pick up a bait for like one spot or one cast. You're like, man, I, I just want to run a spinner bait here real quick. Mm-hmm. And you either catch the fish or there's no fish there. That's how I see throwing these bigger glides or bigger swim baits. Especially in like a tournament situation, and the then if you year. start to get a follow or a bite, then you might put it in the heavy rotation a little more, might commit to it. But you kind of oh, you're kind of constantly sampling on key points, key bluff turns, key trees, key docks, key high spots. Like that's kind of how you, you kind of make <clears throat> kind of like you might pull up and throw a walking topwater over a a point before you go up there and throw a shaky head or something like that. You're doing the same thing with a swim bait. Exactly. hundred nice. percent. And then, yeah, if I do get that follow, like it might stay in my hand a little bit longer than I even intended to, because I mean, there've been days this year that the only fish that I've boated in a tournament have been on the glide bait, which it's kind of weird to say, especially for me being newer to the swim bait game. It's like I'm fishing a tournament. I caught one on a, on a glide bait and caught three more on the glide bait after that. Like it's pretty mm-hmm. sick. And nice. I really see it as a tool, like in something that's constantly in the rotation with anything else. Nice. But as far yeah. as like, do you feel like it's just, just keep trying it and sampling it? Or do, or do you ever say like, is, is like calm better wind sun? This year, man, sun? It's, <laughs> when they're not biting anything else, happens. When the, this year it's been when they're literally not bite, biting anything else or I'm not getting attention or bit, even bit on anything down to a drop shot. I'll be like, screw it. I'm throwing the glide and then I'll catch two or three. Hmm. It's been kind of crazy. It's like, especially in some of the waters that we fish, I don't think that they see a lot of bigger baits. They just, right. it hasn't hit some of those lakes yet. So I don't know. I definitely think it's something that's been very cool and eye opening for me this year. Um. Yeah. Nice. Any other uh, budget hard baits? Have you played around with like the the River to Sea um, S waivers, the yeah. Arashi, the Molex? Some of those. What are your thoughts on some of those? Yes. So I've fished both the S waiver and the Arashi Glide, and I was like, 
playing around with both of those. And I think that I actually liked the Arashi Glide more just because it was more responsive and it did what I wanted it to do. Where the S waiver sometimes would catch on one of the glides where it want to go like left twice. Hmm. And that could have been user error. Absolutely could have been user error. But for whatever reason, that Arashi just seemed a little bit uh, more responsive. And sure. I, I liked it a lot. And it, I mean, like it comes with great, like better hardware, I think, like uh, with the rotating hook hangers. And I don't know, like I fished the bait sanity and I was, I didn't change the hooks on it, the antidote. And like I caught like a pretty modest tiger muskie and like started to open up a hook pretty quick. I was like, hmm. <laughs> How big but, was the tiger muskie? Oh, I mean, I don't know, six, like seven times. I don't think he was even quite 30 inches, high okay. 20s maybe. Like he was, I catch way bigger muskies on like jigs and tubes <laughs> up here. Yeah. Here, yeah. um, uh, YouTube cuz says more videos um, <laughs> do you throw more like shad gizzard or more like trout like what kind of what kind of color patterns do you like where you live obviously you don't have a ton I mean there's probably some trout but most of the waters you fish I'm guessing are like bluegill and shad lakes right yes so what color patterns do you like to throw <clears throat> in those situations Definitely more along the lines of the uh, gizzard chat patterns. Okay. I mean, especially once summer rolls around, like now and it starts getting real hot, I really think the fish now through fall are just like very keyed in on those chat. Especially some of the lakes that fish a little bit further north, there's just such a massive population of them, mm-hmm. of, of just uh, big gizzard chat that I think that's kind of the fish's main forage and the main thing they're chasing around. So it's always going to be some sort of shad pattern. Some, I mean, I have two of these paperweights here that I've been ripping around quite a bit. Um, you can see both of them are like those this way here. shad um, patterns. Sorry about that. This is that gizzard shad on the bottom. The top, I believe, is like an olive. I forget exactly what he called this one, but olive. This is not what we would call a budget entry-level glide bait <laughs> what's that and we would not call this a budget entry-level glide bait the paper no was. this is getting a little bit off topic on that i mean 100 but, bucks it's definitely not something that's which cheap. isn't crazy honestly for glide but yes it, it's not super insane either that's the other thing about glide baits i feel like the majority of the ways people are losing these is casting them off like you're not going to get it hung up in a tree and you can't get it back i haven't experienced that because you're typically i mean Rare instances, unless you're going to weight your glide bait, you're not fishing them deeper than five feet, like where you could reach your rod tip down there or get a lure or get a, you know, something on them to, to get them, right? Right. Yeah. 100%. And I fished like an 8.6 extra heavy um, Genesis 2. I think it's it's iRod. So, that, I mean, I can get that pretty deep if I need to. And I've yet to lose a glide bait, knock on wood, but. Now you I really don't think it's it something super easy. On like heavy mono, uh, fluoro, what is your... I threw recipe? it on 20, 20 pound fluoro. 20 pound fluoro. What, yeah. What's your fluoro of choice? Sunline. Sunline? Like a shooter yep. or a sniper or... Shooter. Shooter. Okay. Yep. Yep. I actually just got a big order of it today. I'm stoked. Nice. <laughs> I need... Yeah. So you're not, I need a lot of guys are like so big game... You know, P line mono for their. Have you played? I mean, what are your thoughts on Y floral versus mono or 
just what you've always done or I think it's just because that's what I've always done. And I understand kind of both sides of it. I mean, the mono is going to float the P line. I don't know if our, our guys throw in the CXX for a lot of these baits that see, this is what I'm saying. Like I'm not, uh, yeah, I, 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 hear I don't know. I hear talking. a few other things. Um, like that I'd CXX, I can say I've cranked with that in the past. Like the mm-hmm. ten, the eight and ten pound CXX, and that stuff is probably some of the strongest lime besides braid for its size that I've ever used. Like I'm pulling up whole trees with eight pound test in a crankbait. Like oh my god, this is insane. But yeah, I think it's just because that's what I've always used is the fluoro. I would um, say it's definitely not. Don't go chintzy. I wouldn't go red label. I wouldn't go assassin. When I'm throwing yeah. my hundred dollar baits, I'd <laughs> uh, go with some uh, some quality fluorocarbon. Not that those are bad lines, but like when you're risking, like <laughs> don't go chintzy on the fluorocarbon when you're tossing a hundred dollar glide bait. It's not going to pay off. <laughs> for sure. Yeah. I mean, I've used Red Label quite a bit for yeah. some of my. I, I use Red Label a lot. Like, I, I, like I really like Red baits and exactly. Like, yeah. I like That's exactly what I use it for. Yeah. I, I use a lot of like red label and assassin for like reaction baits. And then when I'm flipping jigs and flipping beavers and bigger baits, I like Invisix. I like shooter. I like sniper like that. Type mm-hmm. of stuff. Definitely a big fan of the Invisix as well. That's, mm-hmm. that's a great line. That's what I flip with. It sounds like that we have a very similar <laughs> um, taste in line in that sense. Like I'm using red label for my chatter bait and spinner bait and flipping with 20 Invisix or, shooter yeah. so that that hard jarring hook set i like that the premium for sure definitely um yeah and straight floral right you're not playing all braid to leader or anything like that for your swim baits <clears throat> yeah i think that's straight, I, honestly i think more people right. lose swim baits throwing them on braid that's where they get into trouble because it you get that it locks up and it pops even like 80 pound braid like for sure Oh, especially when you you start talking about the bigger and heavier swim baits, because the musky fishing experience that I've had, and like a lot of the buddies I fish with, and uh, I've I've snapped one glider off musky fishing. I was able to get it back, luckily, because it landed in like two feet of water. But I've seen quite a few baits thrown off, and actually, I don't think I've ever seen one snapped off like from it being stuck deep. It's always been someone casting it with right. eighty or a hundred pound braid. And, you know, when braid starts to backlash and you can't save it, it's like, well, this is going to jar the rod out of my hand or the bait's going to snap one of the two. Mm-hmm. So, Yeah. I think yeah. the only big bait I ever lost was one of my old true tungsten gills, which back in the day was like a $50 bait. Um, and uh, that was a probably like a 40 or 50 pound braid. And it just that, you know, that line caught and just. See ya. Yeah. It's, uh, <laughs> it's a very noticeable sound. We'll say that. What's up, Craig? He said he found some bluegill beds starting eight feet of water. How should I work that four-inch dream smasher in that area? Have you played around with fishing this on uh, bluegill beds and things like that? Just a little bit. I but didn't Tom, get the chance if you're in the to do chat, this. Feel free to chime in because you would probably know best. But <laughs> he might he might know how to fish that thing. I don't know. The, no, it's funny. Um, one of the lakes, Billy and I fish pretty frequently. He was seeing a bunch of fish on beds and Tom wrote him a really good message about how to fish those baits. And it was, it was like, damn, that's very smart. I like that a lot. I'm going to have to try it. And we went out, none of the fish were on beds like three days later. Couldn't find them. I honestly would think about trying the, 
like a jig yeah. on bluegill beds. Like literally just get it down there and like hop it. Like almost like people fish dark sleepers. I would start with that and then yeah. play around with slow rolling it. Uh Yeah, so there's Billy. What's up, Billy? Uh, That's my, uh, what do we call him? The sensei. My, my big bait Your sensei. Your big bait sensei? <laughs> yeah. Nice. Nice to meet you, Billy. Welcome to the chat. Um, Great leader. So, what's, so that's your, your big swim bait rod is your eye rod. What's your other swim bait rod? I have a... I think it's a it's a 7-Eleven cash and rod that they came out with like a musky rod. It's not built to be a musky rod, but it's like a perfect soft swim bait rod. Nice. Yeah. Like that's your your soft swim bait and then the other one's the glide bait rod. That's kind of how I've been using it. Yeah. Mm-hmm. It's a it'll it would work perfectly fine as a glide bait rod. Um but I think I like the 86 just a little bit more. Nice. Sling it a little further. Yeah, I got my my main swim bait rod is the uh, the Dobbins seven ninety five Mike Long signature. Oh, yeah, I have the old version. That's actually the Mike Long version, which is not as cool yeah. as it was when I bought it fifteen years ago. <laughs> well, it's still a good rod, though. Like whatever. If it works, it works. Yeah, that is funny. What do you think of? I mean, I want to know what you think about the whole controversy. Yeah, I mean, I guess, like, if you, I don't know if you read, like, the article the guy did from the San Diego, like, uh, I don't know, that's pretty condemning evidence, and, like, he chronicles it, like, I don't don't think there's any wiggle room, and that he was just uh, (laughs) one of the biggest con artists in fishing ever. I don't know what what else to really say about it. Like, he... For sure. um, It's crazy. I mean, I've growing up fishing like I, i'd even heard that name like you know I'm like damn that dude's mm-hmm. a beast like he's such a beast and when i saw that article i was completely wrapped up in it i was like i don't even remember what i was doing i think i, I don't even think i was at the house and i was like hang on i gotta i gotta i might have been at dinner with the girlfriend or something i was like i have to read this give me yeah give it's me just 30 like, minutes, just like, like five pages <laughs> yeah it's it's pretty intense you know you got a guy up in the hills following you around like it's crazy but it's also good that it was brought to light, you know? Yeah. That was like, I mean, I'm not like a big reader. Like I like to like watch videos and listen to podcasts and but like, I could not like put it down. Like I was just like glued to it. So that was me too. hundred percent. Nice. Um, so the paperweight, what any, uh, that I, I've seen that in quite a few of your videos. Is that like, that's the, uh, the glide du jour today. Like today, like what you've been sticking with anything else you're playing around with right now or, yeah, uh, so this is probably my best performing glide, I guess. I mean, what I really the, like what the makes, size of it. Like, what makes What's that? now that you fish it a bunch? Like, what what is it yeah. about the paperweight, or what do you like about it? What have you found about it that's unique? How does it run? How deep are you fishing it? Like, give us your your analysis of the paperweight. You know, it's just it's all the hype, people love these things they're hard to get i think that's why it's my favorite and it catches them for you right and you get bit right no it it does it does what i want it to do it reacts to every real handle turn i know where it's at in the water um it's not a super fast sinking bait 
So if I want it to go a little bit deeper, I can fish it ultra slow, or if I want to fish it closer to the surface, I can fish it a little quicker. Um, working this around trees or working this around docks is super simple. Um, you can almost direct it actually, even if you make a bad cast and you're trying to bring it into something, it like mm -hmm. close into the cover, it, I mean, you can, you can maneuver it where you want it to go. So you can kind of do like a short twitch and a long twitch to get it to like walk one way. Like, like you can do with a spook, yeah. right? If you're good, you can like twitch short, long twitch and like get it to like. You just get it to do whatever. You can make it go where you want it to go. And I think that's one sure. of my favorite things about fishing this bait. It's also not super gigantic. I mean, it's obviously bigger. If it's your first time throwing a swim bait, you might be like, man, I never throw anything even half this size. Like the biggest thing I throw is a whatever three inch deep diving crankbait or, you know, seven inch or six inch Senko. Um, it's not huge. You right. can probably get away with throwing this on a like what is what is the stick. what is the paperweight weigh? Um, I actually don't even know the exact weight. Like but probably three eight, three ounces, four ounces, yeah. maybe three and a half would probably be right. In the middle. Let's see, I'm gonna look it up real quick. And so, and and this is one of those baits you can only get a drop on a drop. Yeah, yeah, they're kind of hard to get your hands on, but they're definitely worth it. Um, okay, so it's two and three quarter ounces. So it's pretty light. It's actually, I mean, a touch. It's about the same size as the Shine Glide. So if you throw the Shine Glide, this is right in the same ballpark. Yep, and it's seven inches, so it's like or nine inches with the tail. So it's it's right in there. But I mean, I've had a lot of success with this bait. Fish are not scared to follow it and eat it. Mm -hmm. um, it just works. I don't know. I'm a big believer in like if a bait works then keep throwing it you know um so what's for somebody that's new to glides whether they're going to get a paperweight or an arashi or a s waiver like what's your advice of like what is a basic retrieve obviously you can talk about it and then i think like go check some of his videos out he's got some glide bait like you can watch how he fishes that's probably easier but maybe while we're while we're here explain how you work a glide bait sure I mean, I spend a lot of time fishing these around cover where most people would not think to throw this into a tree or like right next to a dock, but that's, what's going to, that's what it's built to do is like pull these fish out of these areas. To Which eat. is consider. I mean, I forget who was talking about. There's like, there's two kinds of glide baits. There's a cover glide and a, I don't know what they called the other one, but a cover glide. Okay, like open water glide kind yeah. of deal. Yeah. That, that makes complete sense. And I mean, I, I've actually never even heard that. So that's pretty cool. Um, I would like to look more into that, but the main way that I'll start fishing this, I'll, you know, bomb a cast as far as I can into this cover and then just slowly retrieve it and basically watch it, getting it as close to the branches without getting snagged as possible. Like if there's four branches within this retrieve, I want it to be like nosing into every one of those branches on every reel of that cast. So, so it, um, I mean, you're kind of, walking the dog underwater right i mean yeah essentially yeah pretty, i mean that's exactly what it's going to do it's a little more slow and deliberate than mm -hmm. a spook or a vixen yeah um you're kind of doing real short i mean it's more with is it more with the reel or the rod tip that you're moving your bait i mean it's like 95 percent with the reel 
Yeah, you're kind of just slow, like quarter turns, right? Like, uh, yeah, like half turns. Yeah, half turns, and then if you do get a fish following it, and this was a very difficult thing for me, even coming from musky fishing and like getting follows and needing to speed up and like make that bait go faster, it's like you don't want to fish it slow then, and that's something I've learned and experience. And that's actually when I will start throwing twitches of the rod in is when I'm trying to make it walk more in place, like really quick and erratic. Mm-hmm. And I've found that they will eat closer to the boat like that. Instead of just like, you know, you're running out of runway, you're giving it those half turns and it's doing these glides. And then you run, you have a foot left of line at the end of the rod and the fish just kind of looks at you and peace out. I'm, I'm <laughs> done. Um, but something about the, rod twitches like if i see a follow I have a couple videos where i've had some pretty sweet uh catches that like the fish were following it real close and then i go into like this real quick retrieve of like twitching the rod and giving it handle turns and it just smokes it sure. and while i don't have a ton of experience with that it's it seems to work so mm-hmm. that's what i'm going to stick with um but yeah but it's something Play like it's not like a senko where you get a hundred data samples every day you go out, like right, like right. So it's like it's uh, it's a little slower to build that uh, that data set. Uh, so when you're fishing a glide bait, you can typically see your bait the whole path. Uh, or not, the or... majority of the time, I mean, I do like fishing it probably a little bit deeper than I can see it, and I'm not always fishing clear water. That's the other mm-hmm. thing. It's like most of the water that I'm fishing is stained maybe two, maybe three feet of visibility, especially since I moved down here to Richmond, I've been fishing the James and the chick a lot. And like, if you have an incoming tide or it's high tide, it's going to be really dirty. So you might not see that bait at all until it's five feet from the boat. One of the other places I've been fishing it quite a bit is the Aquaquan Reservoir, which is where we have all those John boat tournaments. The water there ranges from six feet of viz to if you go way up in the river it can be a foot and obviously that's all dependent on rain but my success this year has been fishing this in we'll say a foot of clarity to three feet of clarity and fishing it maybe three feet deep you know i'll make the cast i'll let it sink for five or six seconds and then i'll start that retrieve and i think two maybe two of the six fish that i've caught on it this year has been have been at the boat which is pretty mm-hmm. cool. Yeah. And like I've seen them and I've made, made those fish eat. Nice. <clears throat> so you said you, you typically let it sink. How long before you start the retrieve? It, I mean, assuming you're not trying to write it or a dock, but assuming it's like, right. If I'm casting across a point or something. Yeah. Um, I mean, it, it, it's definitely something you want to play around with, but we'll say, five or six seconds. Okay. I want to say it like these don't sink super quick. Like that's not going to be five or six feet. It might be three feet. Sure. Um, but yeah, sometimes I will let it sink longer than that. Sometimes I'll let it go for eight to 10 seconds. If I know that, you know, I'm not going to get it caught on a rock. Not a, that's in not a standing tree feet. right underneath your bait. <laughs> yeah, exactly. For sure. Nice. Cool. Very cool. Um, So any other, you experiment with any other hard baits besides glide baits? Um, I've got a bull shad, one of the bigger bull shads. I think it's the nine inch. And 
I've had it for a few years. It's honestly something I haven't thrown a bunch. It was kind of like one of the first big baits that I bought. And I was like, I'm just going to make, like, I want to try to make a video with this. And I want to try to catch a fish on this. Like, mm-hmm. I think this thing is badass. I know that they they work. Um, and I've hooked three or four fish on it. All of them were small too, like between a pound and three pounds and didn't catch a single one. But I'll probably, I need to get that thing back in the uh in the boat and and in the rotation yeah because i know how effective they can be Mm -hmm. um besides that i've i borrowed one of billy's um it was a the buka soft tail so it's not a it's not really a big bait it's like a wake bait basically i want to say it's four inches with the soft tail built onto it and it's got one of the like a waking lip on it and i threw that a bunch when i was down in florida went down and fished headwaters for the first yep. time in august i caught like a seven i want to say it was a seven and a half on like the third cast it was awesome it was very cool but i definitely want to start throwing some rats and other uh, bigger top waters for sure that's something i want to experiment with a bit this year Cool. Yeah, I got a little baby buka. I think I bought the five inch because I'm like still yeah. got the training wheels on and I'm still trying to build confidence <laughs> in big baits and things like that. So for sure. Um, no, that's well, that honestly might have been or might be some of the reason I don't throw that nine inch that much because it's like a it's a big bait. When I hold it, I'm like, man, this thing. Like it doesn't just look big. It is big. Like, yeah, the nine inch is a big bait like that. It's. It's tall. Yeah, tall. It, it is tall for sure. No doubt. I need to get one of the smaller ones to throw around, though, because I think that could definitely, definitely be pretty sweet. I think this is back to Craig's question earlier. Mm-hmm. You're not hearing like any weird feedback on your end, are you? Like some kind of weird stat. Okay, it's just on my. I'm just hearing something. I don't know. Is it coming from me or is it? No, I think it's like coming from something I have plugged in over here. (laughs) Gotcha. Uh, Smallmouth kill the baby bullshit. What size reels? I mean, you got like 300 size reels, or what kind of reels are you using on your rods? Yeah, I'm throwing a a Tranks 300. That's like on my main swim bait setup and then i have an old daiwa lexa 300 both of which were like originally my musky fishing reels and then I'll like throw fluorocarbon on them but i'm not musky fishing mm-hmm. but yeah they're, they're both great um the daiwa lexa that i have is a few years old and it has been through some stuff and like i got it from a friend when i started musky fishing and um it screams like crazy when you cast it but it's Strong as an ox, man. That thing is nice, badass. It's a great reel. I feel it's the same way about ox, the tranks, too. It's good for What's audio on your chesty to have the reel screaming. That's oh, dude, people good. love it. I have to like cut the clips out of me casting it because I would get comments on every single video, like, man, you really need to clean your reels. Like, that thing sounds like <laughs> shit. I'm like, I know I fish so much. I just don't have I just don't have it in me to take apart this reel and break it or whatever it may be. Nice. 
Yeah. Sometimes it's just a couple. You don't even have to like. Sometimes just like open the side plate and just drop in a couple drops on like the pinion. You don't even have to like necessarily get in there. Sometimes to for sure. Um, I learned last winter how to do that. Actually, I sat down one day and I was like, actually, I think it was um, talking about Debo's fishing earlier. Sure. I want to say he did some videos that I watched on um, cleaning reels, how to take apart a baitcaster and clean them. And I there watched. He had two, and I watched them both, and I did it to all of my reels. It's really just like what what happens is you're like, I'm definitely cleaning this reel when I get home. And then you put the boat away and you don't touch it. And you go fishing and it's like, dang it, I still didn't. Tonight is the night. I'm definitely cleaning my reel tonight. And then the next day happens and it's just a never cycle. No, 100%. <laughs> it's always easy to say when you're out on the water and it sounds like crap. And then you get home and you're so exhausted. You're like, there is no chance I'm doing anything with that reel. Like, it'll still be screaming tomorrow. I don't care. I'm going to bed. That's awesome. Um, do you, so do you fish any, any, uh, like, have you fished the glide baits up north or any place where they really don't have shad? Um, that's a good question. I feel like most of the places that I've fished a glide, they, they have shad. I don't, I don't know if I've ever, I don't think I have fished it anywhere that doesn't have shad, but I'm kind of in the belief of like a fish is a fish. And if it mm-hmm. sees one of these, it doesn't matter if it's a trout or a shad glide. And like the only thing that's in that lake is a bluegill. I mean, I don't know. I don't think they really care. Uh, I I think some lakes are a little more pretty disposition. I mean, like, yeah, there's like, like I talked to Tom and like, um, like he looks for lakes that have like golden shiners in them or sure. good populations of bullheads or baby carp. And so it seems like those lakes, the bass are a little more predispositioned to eat a bigger bait. Whereas if it's a lake that's just full of stunted bluegills, they may be less likely to chase down a, you know, a seven, eight inch swim bait. Not saying you won't catch them, but you, I think you can stack your odds in your favor sometimes on some of our natural lakes by looking at some of the forage and they just, some lakes just are big, big bait lakes better than other lakes. Not every lake is a, you know, perfect for throwing the big stuff. I don't think. I think it depends on like how big, like if we're using this paperweight as an example, like Mm -hmm. I think I could go anywhere in the country. It doesn't matter if it's a shad lake or bluegill lake or like whatever. I don't think it matters. I'm not saying you can't catch them, but I think like certain lakes are up, go up, I guess, or like for sure. I mean, there's certain lakes that I, I mean, there's, you know, I'm sure you have big fish lakes or like lakes where you think you'll catch bigger fish up that way. And that's how like Billy and I will go out and fish big fish lakes, what we call it, because we know we have a better shot at catching an actual giant there. Sure. Which is like any area I think in the country, you know, which is which lakes are going to hold better fish, hopefully. For sure. But yeah, so can... soft baits, we talked a little bit about the, the Dream Smasher. You like the, the, the weedless. And it looks like, did you have a top hook there as well? I, yeah, I do have one of the top hook. hook have you played around with ones as well? Both of I, them? Have, I have played around with both. The majority of the time I'm going to throw the weedless with the beast hook though. Just because most of the lakes that we fish are so full of wood and just, right. I mean, either wood or grass is like what we're fishing. So I opt for the beast hook going in there. Um, 
besides the Dream Smashers, though, I've done pretty well with um, the Mega Bass, uh, the Mag Draft. Obviously, yep. I like to throw that on the freestyle as well. The six inch um, or the eight inch? The six. I haven't messed around too much with the eight. And it, mm-hmm. is it the eight inch that does it come in a freestyle, or is that the one that's already pre rigged? I I would have to look it up. I know the six inch comes in multiple versions. I don't know about the eight inch. Gotcha. Yeah, that's one I have not messed around with yet. But I mean, the majority of the time, I'm going to be throwing the Dream Smasher, uh, the normal Shad or the Flying V. I've yet to catch a fish on that Flying V, but man, that's such a cool bait, Mm -hmm. especially when you're throwing it with the weightless hook. Tom sent us one that had like the nail weights, one in the tail, one in the belly, where it suspends. If you kill Mm -hmm. it, just has this shimmer. Dude, it looks so good. And I just don't think just like throwing a 10-inch Senko. It's like a giant Senko, <laughs> for sure. I got bit on it quite a few times. Um, my last trip to Florida, but I just couldn't connect. But I, mm. I think that I need to spend some more time with it because it nice. definitely can be unlocked, and I think that that is a very, very cool technique. Yeah, I haven't. I don't. I do not have a Flying V yet. Um, I have not played around with that. Very neat. I did catch my first two <clears throat> mag draft fish on Smith Mountain in March <clears throat> on back to back casts under the same, or yeah, back to back casts under the same dock. That was pretty cool. Skipping Damn. the mag draft under a dock on Smith Mountain. You were on they Smith were just, Mountain? Yeah. This year? Yeah, in March. Oh, nice. Yeah. That's but, a cool uh, lake. That's a, that's a very is, fun I've never been there before. So my trip, we we did like a COVID like spring break. We uh, went out to uh, North Carolina, uh, Topsail. Okay. And then uh, for one day, I drove all the way from Topsail to Smith Mountain, which is like four and a half hours. Fished with my buddy Billy Coles for 10 hours and then drove home or drove God. back to Emerald. <laughs> yeah, that's a long day. I know that I know those pretty well. But it's definitely worth it. Um, yeah. But when you're you like eight up with it like we are, it's just another day. <laughs> it, it doesn't matter. You're like eight hours of driving to fish for 10. All right. Book it. Let's do it. Yeah. Yeah. It's a really cool lake too. I mean, it's very nice. Yeah. Uh, good question from Mike F. What kind of knots do you tie on the fluorocarbon for these big baits? Uh, the knot that I tie, I want to say... I think it's called a, it's a double San Diego jam, but I do it a little different. Or if you look up the Zona shark knot or uh, double Pitson, I've just never actually learned the name of it, but he taught it to me. It's like you double it over like a Palomar and you twist over it. the finger, twist it. And then I bring it back up through the top loop, which a lot yeah. of people will stick it back through the bottom for whatever reason. I could have been tying it wrong, but when I started doing it through the bottom, I'd say it was a Texas rig. I would bring the bait back and kind of have it dangling off the side of the boat. And then all of a sudden I, it would just go slack. I was like, dude, I just lost another tungsten weight and hook. Like, how is this possible? Like my knot wasn't messed up or anything. So I started tying it through the top loop and I have not had an issue since. Like it significantly took care of my break off situation. It's weird. You say that I had the same experience and I do the same thing. Really? But you're yeah. just losing, losing sh- like baits. I don't remember. Straight. I remember it not being like, or it would tie funny, and I wasn't happy with it. And like, it was. I don't remember exactly, but like, yeah, I do. I do the. Well, I wish I had some line handy, but yeah, I like double it over, 
loop around my one finger, like wrap it three, four times, then I just go back up through the top knot, and then you end up with three tag ends. But that's what I use yeah. for any of my heavy core carbon. What's I the call name it of the double San Diego jam knot? But I think I'm cheating by not going through that bottom loop. So that's that's very funny because you're probably the only person I've ever talked to that has that that had that same issue because I have quite a few friends that tie it. They all go through the bottom and they call me crazy. Basically, they're like, "What do you mean it just came untied?" I'm like, "Dude, I had my Texas rig on the side of the boat and I'm like waiting for the next cast or like trying to line up, and then my tungsten weight is gone." Yeah, I don't know that I just had it falling off, but I remember having issues, and then I like, I don't know if I just skipped it or messed it up, and then it worked, and I was like. This is gold. Oh yeah, and like that's what I do for jigs. That's what I do for like EWG flipping, like yep. fluoro. Um I still still tie a lot of polymer, like if I'm throwing a spinner bait or a crankbait, like I don't worry about it. But anything I'm like hammering on them, yeah. Then I, I tell the, the double San Diego jam that. And that would I, be the same for big big baits. So yeah, that's I mean it's the same. I tie that for literally anytime I have fluorocarbon on, besides if I'm fishing a drop shot. I'm tying that double San Diego jam. Um, everything, spinnerbait, chatterbait, glide bait, doesn't matter. But no Palomar knot with the fluoro for me. I broke off far too many fish. Josh, I do not. I'm working on it. I'm trying to get Omnia to carry Dobbins, and then we can we can we can we can do some things. Uh, double Pitson. Billy says 100% Dream Smasher all the time. <clears throat> oh, um, yeah. He does, too. I told you, Billy, Billy's the one that got me on the Dream Smasher. I think it's sick. Double Pitson Swindle video. So there you can learn and be entertained at the same time. <laughs> yeah, so I guess I'm, it's a modified San Diego jam. <laughs> That's why when you asked, I was like, I don't really know the exact name of it because I do it weird and I take it back to the top. But that is, it is a very strong knot. And I still, I mean, I know people that tie polymer knots strictly with all fluorocarbon they throw. And I'm like, dude, I like, I will break it and I'll snap it. But they, they do perfectly fine. I don't get it. Maybe I'm, I've tied it wrong my whole life. So he's a, uh, Peter says he was fishing this weekend, saw massive bass all over the place. Couldn't get him to bite anything. Tried Texas rig, wacky rig, jigs, spinners, crankbait, jerkbait. Glide bait. glide bait long cast with a glide bait long cast with a glide bait or if you see fish on a bed that's doing weird stuff like that something i learned this year ace and i were in a tournament we were fishing for like a four and a half five pound female on a bed we tried everything a jig a texas rig a shaky head putting a drop shot right above her nose and i go ace let me let me try throwing this glide bait at her it was the only thing she reacted to followed it all the way to the boat super aggressive swiped on it didn't hook her but um did you pitch back something else then and she ate it or no it was done she was done after that she chased it all the way off the bed it was really sick but it was like that's it one shot i i missed it i've heard a lot of people say that they like to throw big baits to get the fish fired up but sometimes when they're bed fishing they'll actually throw a hookless big bait because the Fair. chance of yeah. foul hooking them or not hooking them well. And then, so that makes a lot of sense actually. But yeah, that, that was the only thing that fish reacted to was the big bait. Yeah. The only thing I would say in that clear water, like I would think a wacky rig or something like that, or a drop shot would work. But a lot of times I think uh, the mistake we make in that clear water is waiting till you see the fish. Like, I think you sometimes 
just longer casts in general uh, help a lot for that type of stuff. Like, don't wait Absolutely. till you see them and they see you before you start trying to fish for them. I agree with that 100%. Yeah, that's definitely one of those spots where you got to step back and just bomb casts. Brendan wants to know, you got any big North Midwest trips planned this year? Um, possibly. Actually, I might be coming to Minnesota uh, in September. So I've fished in a few of these musky battles. It's like a YouTube mm-hmm. musky tournament that um, Jeff from Just Keep Casting puts on and like great group of dudes. We all go up either to Minnesota or we did St. Clair one year. Mm-hmm. Uh, and I th- think this year it's going to be in September and it overlaps with one of the John Boat tournaments. So I'm not 100% if I can make it, but if I can get someone to sub and ace is cool with fishing, then I might make the run up there because nice. it would definitely be a lot of fun. It's tough missing one of those. It's once a year, like everybody gets together, we get to fish for big muskie. Um, yeah. Hopefully coming up to Minnesota next year. Or, Very yeah, cool. This year. Well, if you need a break from muskie and you're up here, let me know. Well, maybe I'll make it a, a week-long trip or something or longer, get some fishing in, and then I'll do the muskie thing and, I've been meaning to get up there and do some fishing with uh, Tom as well. Yeah. So that'd be cool. Maybe all three of us can get out. Maybe I'll just rip the gambler up there. Who knows? There you go. Well, Tom and I both got boats, so. <laughs> that does make it a little bit easier on me. I won't lie. That's a, that's a long haul with the van and the yeah. <laughs> the very, very heavy boat. It looks like you inspired Roger to get into John boat fishing. So there you go. Where's he at? I bought a John boat certificate. Oh, dude. Hell yeah. That's awesome. I, that's those are by far my favorite comments of all time. Like if I can get someone to get into fishing, or just like, hey, I tried that bait and I caught a five pounder, or yeah, hey, I, 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 I learned that knot and now I don't lose as many baits, or like I bought that Arsenal wacky tool and now I don't waste as many senkos and I catch more fish. Like that's like <laughs> all of that is like the most positive feedback you could ever get. Like that's why I make these videos i think that's the coolest thing it's like just to get people fishing and to show yeah. how cool fishing really is i love it i really and then do. you know what and then you forget about the people that are telling you to clean your reel so <laughs> oh that's dude those are the nice ones are you kidding me <laughs> people telling me to clean my reel or try to help me out it's like you get i'm so just i'm sure you get quite a bit of it too or you have in the past it's like all the negative comments, whatever. All right, it's cool. Yeah. I'm fishing. I feel like that's how you know you're starting to make it. Is that if you've got enough people watching that you're invoking strong emotions, then that means you're yeah. doing something. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, that, that's very true. And it just comes with the territory. Jokes on them. Engagement is engagement. <laughs> yeah, that's true too. I've heard it. I, I've like always been very good at letting it slide, but I feel like lately, and I don't know if it's the older I'm getting, like, I, I don't know. I just like to speak my mind a little bit but sure uh, the best thing to do is just just let it go let it ride or like comment back something like like a smiley face and just thank thanks for tuning in appreciate thanks, the feedback <laughs> i hope you enjoyed the video can't wait to see your comments on the next one like i could care less but yeah i love it nice uh gus yeah i i fish mostly in minnesota but i do travel a bit um fished a little bit in Wisconsin. I mean, I've fished Iowa. I've fished tournaments in Indiana, Illinois, 
Michigan. <clears throat> I've been down to I fish tournaments in Georgia, Alabama, Texas. So I get around a little bit. Like last year, I fished the Bass Nation National Championships in Pickwick in Alabama. So I, I get around a little bit, but it's probably still, yeah, 90 plus percent in Minnesota. And then you're mostly in the Virginia area, right? I mean, you, you travel down to Florida a little in the spring quite a bit, it seems like. Oh, yeah. No, it's usually it's usually in the winter when I've just got the the oh. blues up here and it's cold right. as hell. And I'm like, well, obviously I sound whiny because I'm not up in Minnesota where things are frozen over. It's still possible to fish, but it's pretty brutal. Uh, but yeah, I'll travel down to Florida two or three times in the winter. Where's your Where's your favorite place that you fished? Favorite place that I have fished? <clears throat> yeah, hmm. I know that's a tough question because I get it all the time, and I'm like. Well, it, it kind of depends, but yeah, it's, if you could move somewhere to fish, where would it be? I mean, honestly, like dream situation is that like I spend six months <clears throat> up north somewhere, like on one of our lakes or like Champlain or someplace where you got multi-species, mm-hmm. smallmouth and largemouth. And then I spend six months in like Texas or Alabama or Florida. Like yeah. <clears throat> that'd be my ideal situation. For sure. Um, I don't know if I would love living in like Texas 12 months out of the year where I like miss the seasons and don't get access to big smallies and things like that. Um, I mean, up here, like Mississippi river, I think is a super fun place to fish the upper Mississippi, like pools four through nine up here, like that lacrosse area where you see like, the, you know, the, 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 uh, the Costas and the FLW and the Bassmasters come. Those are just, some of the coolest places to fish around here, uh, smallmouth, largemouth, frogging, all kinds of different things. It, it's a lot of fun. <clears throat> I don't know. I need to check that out. That's something I have not done is fish the Mississippi. So if I come up in the fall or like in September, would that be possible? Could we do that? Yeah, it would be. Is that a good time to do that it? Time year, the frog bite gets spotty at best, but then mm-hmm. it's the time of year when the wing dam bite first and sand drop starts to turn on for smallmouth. For like throwing like topwaters and uh, Carolina rigs for like uh, smallmouth. It sounds good to me. I don't. I mean, I don't catch a lot of smallmouth. I ma- I mainly am targeting largemouth just because I don't. I don't know. I, I guess there aren't a ton of like great big smallmouth fisheries around me, mm-hmm. so it's not something I've had the ability to do much of. But I mean, I've been to St. Clair when they're spawning, and it's like. You know, you're catching fours, threes, fours, fives every cast, and it feels like cheating. And I think it's one of the coolest things in the world. It's awesome. Yeah. They're awesome. I would say fish. later September gets to be better. <clears throat> Early September is like our starts to transition. But when you get into later September and early October, it gets a little better, the fishing. But um, uh, any advice on a glide bait with uh, a lot of milfoil? Or do you avoid, like, do you avoid glide baits in weedy situations and you'd prefer to go with like a soft swim bait then? Or what are your thoughts on that? If you have like a hard edge or you can find good lines to throw it, I think, sure, go for it. Absolutely. Like if it's worth your time, if it's one of those areas or like lakes that is completely full and like you can only get quarter casts or you know, you're going to get hung in grass basically all the time, then I'm definitely going to opt for the soft swim bait there. No doubt. Okay. So if but you it got becomes hard more line about, where you can make yeah. long casts and get clean edges and parallel it. Yes. But otherwise, that if you're even, even pockets cuts. and clumps, yeah. 
you're going to fish a weedless swim bait. A hundred percent. I think it might be more effective in that sense. Like if it's more right. of a pain in the ass to be picking grass off your bait every single cast, whereas you can throw the dream smasher, then I'm going to throw the dream smasher. Or obviously if it's early in the year and it's not topped out and you can fish it over it, that's different, but <clears throat> well, yeah, that's a different story though. That, I mean, that would be great. That's, I think that's awesome for sure. Dogs are home. Uh, big baits open water. <clears throat> Do you like to fish your bait deeper or keep it up high and get the fish to rise up? Morgan wants to know. I think it's something you got to play around with. It's like what we were talking about earlier. It's like, you know, start fishing it high up and then count it down for six or seven or eight seconds and like let it get five or six feet down in the water column and mm-hmm. try to get them to react. Or like if you get a follow try to remember what you were doing or like try to keep in mind how deep the bait was and then just go off of that and continue doing that same thing until you're either not getting follows or you need to switch it up and you start getting bit or you have more fish following it again. It's all about kind of like figuring out what the fish want, which is I think the hardest thing in fishing in general, not even just big baits, all baits. Nice. Cool. Good luck, Peter. I don't know what kind of glide baits you're going to find at Cabela's. That might be the biggest challenge that you may find. (laughs) Um, It's a little bit more like a jerkbait, but not completely like a jerkbait. It's actually a pretty good thing to compare it to, I think. Like a glide bait compared to a jerkbait. I think that's pretty good. But it's a little more like slower and deliberate. Yes. More like an early season jerkbait, not like a summer jerkbait. <laughs> okay, fair. Very fair. Um, yeah. Um, I respond to main DMs mostly. I don't know. <laughs> I try to do as many as I can. I probably I, don't get as overwhelmed as uh, Matt does. Um, I think uh, one of the hardest things about responding to every DM is that you start a conversation with everyone, and it's hard to keep up with Yeah. that many conversations, especially when I'm as scatterbrained as I as they come uh, it can be pretty difficult and overwhelming at times converted a john boat into a bass boat yeah good stuff uh that's true thomas but you do got some good stretches of the mississippi river uh levi yes it's scrolling across the bottom it went from hell of ass spring 15 to hell of ass summer 15 so hopefully you see that uh oh There's some good feedback from Morgan on the retrieve. We're falling behind. <clears throat> Cam says, favorite time to fish glides is over grass in the fall when it's dying off. These are all great tips. I'm going to take these in mind, too. Keep them. <laughs> like I was saying earlier, I'm the furthest thing from a, a pro or, like, you know, a very good big bait fisherman. It's something that I picked up through a buddy, and it's something that I'm trying to do more of, so... Take everything I, I say one. with a grain of salt. Fun bait here, I'll tell you. Jays, Have you heard of JSJ? They're out of California. They make the snack size trout, snack size gill. I don't know. Yes, I feel like I've definitely heard of them. Is that I made a trade you? for this guy. Nice. Damn, that looks awesome. Yeah. I still haven't thrown it yet, but. <laughs> That's very cool looking. 
Is that just a slow sinking? I think I, don't, I think it is gill. a really slow sink gill multi joint. Mm-hmm. It's but, got a real like bulbous tail on there. That's yeah, cool. it's got like a. I like it. Yeah, that's awesome. And compared to like, obviously, it's it's not huge, but it's it's a decent size. No, that's that's this is my most unique premium fancy bait, I guess. What does the JSJ run you? I well, you said I you traded it, up, it, but when I got it, what they he's what if you buy it off his website, it's like one thirty, one forty. It's up there, but is it one of those baits that are hard to get and resell? He does limited runs. I don't think they're like yeah. in. I mean, it's not as hyped, but yeah, he does. I got this old uh, like wooden punker. Punker, yeah. Punker, that's sick. Punker. The junior. This is the junior. And it's like the size of my arm. <laughs> <laughs> it's wild, man. It's crazy to think about how big of the baits that some people are throwing. And like, I mean, yeah, it's crazy. Otherwise, uh, it's very cool, though. Yeah, otherwise, like, I do have a fair amount of these older true tungsten gills. Which people I've actually, like. I've never heard of those. That's pretty sick. But true tungsten, uh, these came out and actually supposedly Matt Newman and, and Ish Monroe put their name on them. Um, <clears throat> what's cool about them is they have a pin right here, and you pull okay. the pin, and it's got holes in it, and it comes with it had tungsten balls, and so you could adjust and add one or two or no tungsten balls, and then you would adjust your own swim baits to make them a. Uh, a floating to a slow sink to a fast sink. So they That's were the cool. first ones to do that. It's very neat. But there, there's some people that, like I, who was I watching? Like, maybe like fishing with Norby or one of those guys that fishes down in Alabama uh, and throws. Oh, yeah. A few times he had the true tongue. And I was like, is that a true? He's like, yeah. Shh. <laughs> Dude, did you see his what happened to his boat? Yeah, that was crazy. Month, dude. Two months ago? Man, I, now, though. Yeah, that's for sure. But I could not imagine how terrifying that was. Yeah, I saw those pictures. Nuts. I was like, dude, that sucks, but glad you're all right. Like, that's the most important thing out of all of this. Like, I'm sure, you know, you have insurance on your boat. All oh, that'll be fine. But, you know, nobody got hurt. That There's what it is. That's, that's the JSJ snack size trout. Okay. Damn, that I looks good, too. And it's... So that's more of a swimming trail. Yeah. That like that's not a glide. Yeah, because it's double jointed. It's more right. Of a, yeah, I have caught a few fish on this one, but that's awesome. What would you say your most productive swim bait has been since you've gotten into throwing them? <laughs> nice. <laughs> I don't Very know if cool. that's really a swim bait or not, but <laughs> that's a swim bait. Sure. Yeah. Sure. Like, I am. Why not? Honestly, the I probably caught more fish on just because I've had them longer and thrown them more that those uh, true tungsten ones. Right. Just a bigger sample size too. Yeah, it's just I've had them longer and I've thrown them more and for sure. That's for all sure. I had back when I first started. But it's always something that I would like every year. I'm like, this is gonna be the year. I'm really gonna catch him on big baits and then. I catch them on jigs and frogs and oh, chatterbaits. It's like it's like you're saying too. Like you fish a lot of tournaments. It's uh, I think it's something you really have to dedicate a lot of time to if you want to go out and solely catch swimbait fish. Or like you 
Yeah. That's kind of, you switch from tournament mode to big bait mode, like trying to catch really big fish all the time. Mm-hmm. You gotta be like Tom in that fish tournaments and that's true but i was listening to uh he was on whose podcast was he on was it this wasn't this podcast he he was but that was a while ago uh he's been on a couple of them was it cat was he with he was on cast and crank maybe a month ago maybe and he was saying he was like i really want to get back into fishing tournaments but i just have no damn time because i'm built making so many yeah dude the tournaments are fun i really like them like I, I truly do. It, it gives you, it's like that bit of fire when you're out there. It gives you, I don't want to say it gives you a reason to be out there because I, I would be out there anyway, but right. um, fishing against the clock is like a lot of fun to me. That it little shot of dopamine. It's like, just like that. Like All right. Adrenaline. Oh, when you, yeah, especially if you catch a big fish or like, you know, things are working out well. Definitely the uh, dopamine high for sure. Nice. I'm not familiar with the phony frog glide bait. You know what that is? Yes, the phony frogs. So that's, it looks somewhat similar to the paperweight in the sense that it's a shad glide, um, but it's more realistic than the paperweight. It's a little bit bigger as well and heavier. It's probably two or three times as heavy. It's got, it's got to be at least five ounces. I mean, it's a, it's a bigger bait for sure, but Guys around here, actually, the guy that makes the phony frog is from this general area, a bit um, east of me, but Chickahominy River, mm-hmm. we'll say. Good looking glide. Like, man, it looks awesome. Nice. Uh, Billy throws him quite a bit. I've seen him catch some absolute studs on that bait. And I think a lot of the big bait guys around here throw that. And they're like, it's like in the arsenal all the time. It's a nice. great. <clears throat> so one of them fish catchers just got a slightly less hype than maybe like <clears throat> some of these other ones. I mean, probably still is, but it's maybe just a little. It's, it's a little definitely still DL, like, but still. Oh, popular. someone just said, yeah, Hinkle. That's it. Looks like a Hinkle. Yes, like it, right. it's basically. I mean, I don't know if it's fair of me to say a Hinkle knockoff, but it's basically a Hinkle knockoff. <laughs> Go there. I mean, I don't. I don't know. I say that with all due respect, but that. That's what I would compare it to most. Yeah. You ever find any Sholies up by you? I didn't realize they were up that far if they are. Sholies? Yeah, Shoal Bass. I uh, thought they were only in like Georgia. But... No, I, I mean, I don't think so. Uh, we have some spotted bass, but that's about it. Yeah, I need to start catching them on the Arashi more consistently and the antidote and the 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 s waiver before i start buying hundred dollar glide baits <laughs> but the more expensive ones catch them better dude that's the secret yeah. <laughs> no, i'm totally kidding um i think the more expensive ones catch the angler a bit more you know yeah yeah thanks spencer it was fun um like jason picked up two last friday what's up sean what, what was else was there another stream on tonight sean i don't know why you're here so late there must have been something else going on sean Lai is like the stream bass fishing stream aficionado like he's, he's the everything. dude 
What's up, Sean? Uh, <laughs> um, maybe let's talk about um, you know, your boat stuff. So you, your your main boat forever was uh, your John boat that you basically pimped out, to make it a you know a sweet John, you know, fishing. Uh, yeah. When did you get that, and like, what was that like? <clears throat> and then we can talk about your your newest endeavors. Sure. Yeah, absolutely. So there's some good the, videos. Like if you want to see, like he's got videos on his, his builds and his van and all that stuff. So like, you know, if you want deep dive, there's some good content out there. <clears throat> Definitely some Jumbo builds up on the old YouTube channel, but um, I actually started the YouTube channel with a 19. I want to say it was a 68 Jumbo, like, old a tree fell through it like it had a ton of character it had seen some stuff it was, it was a buddy of mine's boat we rebuilt it he sold it to me for super cheap it had a 9.9 um and that's what i started the channel with for the first two and a half years it was a great boat it was 12 foot a wide one so it was pretty stable but from there moved up to the low uh 1448 and that's the current boat that i have now uh, fishing all the jumbo tournaments that I could really, obviously the Fountainhead series or the the ones mm-hmm. that run on the Aquaquan Reservoir. It's a fourteen forty eight low with a nine point nine Mercury front deck. Obviously built out pretty nice. Didn't build a back deck on this one because we were super super tight on time. This was the boat that James and I took on the fifty state tour, and I was freaking out because we had to leave by a certain date because James had to be back for some. Uh, for work basically in June. So we had mm-hmm. basically like 78 days to go through 50 states or 48, the lower 48 with the van right. driving, mm-hmm. fishing every day, all that. So we skipped the back deck on that one. Sorry, James. Um, <laughs> but yeah, that's been, I, I never even rebuilt it because it's, uh, it's still got enough space for someone to fish back there. And if two people need to fish on the front, it's fine. But we actually fished three people out of that boat quite a few times. And it's still just as stable. Like it worked perfectly, perfectly fine. Um, I, I mean, I'll always have a job, but I can say that. Yeah. For sure. So you recently, it was like, ooh, just, a, I don't know, I guess a few months ago, you picked up the bass boat early, early this spring, right? Yes, I. It was like March, like mid March, when I bought that. Yes, so I just came into a little bit of money, and I was like, I think I'm gonna get a bass boat. Like I, I really want to do it, and I was heavily contemplating getting something new, getting something that was newer and used, or if I just wanted to find basically the cheapest thing that I could find that was. 19 to 20 feet with either an Ultrax or power poles or both. And I was looking from Florida to Maine and out to Texas, basically every day. I looked for like a solid month and a half, two months. And it is an, like, it's crazy how much of a seller's market it is for used bass boats sure. right now. It's absurd. Like if you guys are looking to buy a bass boat, this is not the time to do it. It's rough like 1990s rangers selling for fifteen thousand dollars <laughs> like oh my god that's wild but i stumbled across this one um i went and checked it out and actually the day that i went to check it out i was gonna leave to pick up a stratus down in south carolina for 
$11,000 or something. And it was, I think it was an 18 foot with a power pole and a, a Mac, not Maxim. Four tracks. Yes. Thank you. Um, and the gambler popped up. The guy said he had it with him. I could come check it out. It was like 20 minutes from my house. And I was like, I'm supposed to be leaving for South Carolina right now, but let me, I'll come and check it out. So I went and looked at it, looked good. Like obviously need some cosmetic work, but I wanted to give the motor a check. The old trucks worked fine. And he was like, well, I can, you know, we can take it out right now if you want. So I said, yeah, let's do that. Went out and ran it. And I mean, dude looks over at me. He's like, ready? Yeah, dude, let's go. He stepped on it. And I mean, 70 miles an hour, probably. I was handing him the money across the road. I was like, here, here you go, dude. Take it. Um, yeah, pretty impulsive buy for sure. Like, I hadn't even thought about if the van could tow it or not. It's like a 21 <laughs> foot boat with a dual axle trailer. And I was like, you know, I took care of all the payment. We get, got everything settled and straight. And he's like, all right, you know, I'll help you throw it on your van. And at that moment, I was like, damn, I really, really should have hooked it up and tried to tow it around a little bit just to see how it feels before literally giving this guy all the money and, you know, doing everything. But I was very lucky and it was perfectly fine. And I've towed it around quite a bit. So cool. Feels good. And I've got yeah, it. So actually, it's, a, it's an older, you so, got a video on it. It's like an older gambler. What year is it? Yeah, it's a 1990. It's older than me. It's uh, so yeah. I'm I'm 30. It's 31. It uh, I have no idea how many people owned it. It's literally the worst possible boat someone could probably be buying. But I've been very fortunate and lucky. Like I think this thing's been owned by like five or six people. Uh, I didn't check the compression. I didn't look at anything on the motor. I just went out and ran it, and I was happy with it. And it actually all checked out. I took it to a guy here uh, who specializes in two-stroke motors. He goes, how under, you don't buy a boat, people. <laughs> do not do what I did. Absolutely. I just got extremely fortunate. I was, uh, I mean, riding the heater. It's, uh, I got very lucky with it. So I also, I only paid 5,500 for this boat, which right now, like is a pretty solid. So really, I mean, honestly, like even if the motor was shot, the hull was probably worth, I mean, if the hull's in good condition, it's probably close to it in, in the Ultrax, right? Like, <laughs> well, that, that was the thing. I was like, if the boat sinks and you know, the motor doesn't work, at least I got a $2,800 yeah, Ultrax. <laughs> yeah. I got a really bad deal on this Ultrax, but no, I don't know. I just, I got, I was really happy about it and I've been very lucky with it. Like the motor, again, I took it to get it fully checked out, like full maintenance. Cause the guy said that he hadn't taken it to a mechanic or anything like that in three years. So I was like, hmm, let's gamble. Um, all the compression was great. Changed the lower unit oil out and like did all that stuff. And this, these are also things that um, I know I could do myself and I want to learn, but also with a motor that hasn't seen anything, I do not have that experience of knowing like what to look for or like what is a problem here. So I wanted to take it to someone who could give it like a full rundown, get everything top notch, and then I'll take it from there where like any maintenance I need to do, I will learn on YouTube and do it myself. Um, any 
small cosmetic stuff I will do myself. Like I'll try to learn it. It's really like a boat I bought to learn about boats and to beat the piss out of. So I'm stoked on it. Did you, did you give it a name yet? No, still haven't named it. I don't know if I will. It's just the gambler. Unless it's Kenny, Kenny Rogers. That's it's fun. That, that was probably the, that did come into my head the first time I saw it. I was like, I call this thing Kenny Rogers, but we'll see. We'll see if it sticks. And you, and you put some uh, C deck into it, right? And some other things. You already started making some upgrades and kind of making it your own. Yeah. So the the boat actually came with HydroTurf on the front, and he didn't do the back deck. So it still had this like probably 1990 blue carpet on the back with the new HydroTurf on the front and in the well. Um, so I went ahead and did the back. He still had the same role. He was like, I just didn't get to it. So took care of that. I also basically replenished all the fiberglass on there. Uh, it had an old auto clear all over the boat, which was peeling. And I don't know if you've seen a boat like that, but it, it looks like a sunburn peel. And it was all over it. Like you could just pick it up. And so I spent probably close to 20, 24 hours of just peeling all that auto clear off. And then uh, took like a heavy compound, buffed it with that, and then wax and then waxed again. So probably close to 30 hours of like just bringing that gel coat back, but it looks really good. And I'm truly surprised how well it worked. Yeah, like true sweat equity, like just elbow grease and Dude, sanding yeah. and rubbing and buffing. And I realized how badly I probably need to start taking care of myself and going to the gym when I did that, because I mean, like after um, running that compound and wax down one side, it could take like 30 minutes and it's pretty, uh, I don't want to say it's intense, but like, you know, you got to constantly work the drill and it's, I was like out of breath, dude, my shoulders hurt. Yeah. My neck is killing me. What is going on here? But I'm happy I did it. It it was very cool. And kind of like took the boat apart too, and kind of understood a little bit more about where everything is, where the wires are run, like um, any other small problems that I could find. So there's a lot more that I want to do with it. I definitely am going to have, to like redo the whole console. It's still pretty old school and I don't mind the old school look at all. It's just, I need to make sure everything works, but uh, definitely getting Back some away good December, January things. when it gets cold. Yeah, I think so. That's the thing. It's a, um, I posted about that today. It's like a working progress boat. So like I can literally take it out right now. Every single piece of it works, but it's not pretty and it's not a hundred percent. So it's one of those things. It's like, do I want to sit at home and work on the boat and maybe edit a little bit? Or do I want to go fishing? I'm going to go fishing every time. So we had a rainy day or like a day where you've got like a half day obligation and it's windy and you're like, well, I won't be able to record anything anyways today. So maybe I'll actually spend an hour on the boat today. <laughs> yeah, for sure. And those were definitely the days that I have put into working on it. It's like super, super windy or I needed to do something later in the afternoon or whatever it may have been. Uh, but yeah, it's always the hard thing to choose, like what to do. Like, do I just go fish or do I work on the boat? And it's always work on the boat or go fish. My boat could definitely use some TLC too. And it's, uh, like I said, I just went on a 10 day fishing bender 
and didn't spend a time and a minute of it working on my boat. I just went fishing with every spare minute I had. <clears throat> Grass got it's really long though. at the house. Um, <laughs> I don't know about <clears throat> major tournaments. I'm fishing a series with one of my buddies. Um, I'm going to fish like the Bass Nation and TBF state tournaments. If some one person drops out on the alternate for the divisional team for Minnesota, <laughs> that I finished an ounce and a half out of making it. So there's always that hope that somebody drops out, but otherwise I guess nothing major. Um, where do you recommend looking for a bass boat? For me, at least Sean, like I live in Minnesota and our bass boats, even before the pandemic, in my opinion, are like outrageously priced. Like people are super proud of their used bass boats in Minnesota for whatever reason. I don't know if it's just the economy up here or because they only fish in them for three months of summer or, or what, but like, I've always found that if in Minnesota, and I would imagine Chicago is the same way, if you're willing to drive to like Missouri, Arkansas, Tennessee, like you can find way better deals on bass boats if you're willing to drive six, eight hours south of the upper Midwest. I don't know. That's that's my experience at shopping for used boats. Definitely can back that up too. I definitely found quite a few down in that area that I was eyeballing probably the best deals for the boat and what was on it still expensive, but not too bad compared to everything else around here. That's for sure. I think you got to get away from like, I mean, you're like still like DC and like yeah. uh, Baltimore and like, you got to get away from like, get away from Chicago, get away from Minneapolis, get away from New York, get away from like, Go to the place where the big city is like Lincoln, Nebraska or Springfield, Missouri, or like it just seems to work out better. Um, Brendan, honestly, I think most of our fish are postponed. I was talking to, to Matt about this. Like I saw fish on beds Monday and Tuesday last week, and I fished a couple tournaments on Saturday and been fun fishing every day. And I fished a tournament again last night, and it felt uber postponed. Um, it happens fast up here, so um, you might have already missed it, Brendan, to be honest. There might be another small wave on the new moon, but I think we're like on the backside of it a lot. Uh, yeah, I would imagine West Coast is a, is a big pain, too. Um, so hope that answers your question, Brendan. It happens super quick. Like, honestly, our lakes in the metro Minneapolis here, it's like it feels like two or three weekends and it's over best case. Like they get up, they get down and they're post and they're back into summer. Like our unice season is so short. They just have to do things so fast. Uh, let's see here. Uh, yeah. I've noticed that too, Kyle, like Florida, there seems like there's some good deals, but that's like a, the other side of the world from Minnesota. So like, it has to be a really good deal if you're going to drive, you know, if I can drive eight to ten hours and find a good deal in Missouri or Arkansas versus driving thirty hours to Florida, I better save a whole lot more money to go to Florida. <laughs> you know, use up that many more vacation days and, and that kind of stuff. Um, so it depends on where you're at. Yeah, that's you definitely missed it, Brendan. Like as they started up on Vermilion which I fished a tournament there on the 17th and I feel like that was the very start of it. They were pretty much 
full blown down in the uh, cities when it just started up there. So nice. I got an 05 Classic two ways. Um, it's a good boat. It's a fish catcher for sure. Hopefully, you got an Opti and not an EFI like I do. That's the only drawback about mine is that I wish I had an Opti. What are the differences between those two motors? Uh, so the big difference is that the EFI was a 2.5 liter, and when they went to the Opti, it was a 3 liter. So there's okay. just a whole lot more low-end torque and, like, carrying power for, like, when you're fishing tournament loaded and you put talons on it and all that stuff. Like, yeah, it does. Like my EFI, the 2.5, doesn't carry the load, like, now that I've put 31 AGMs in it and I've put talons on it and 4,000 pounds of soft plastics and rods and everything else in there. <laughs> okay. I gotcha. Um, you said it was a 200, right? Yeah. How big is the boat? A 19 foot. It's pretty light. It's like a 1,250 pound boat. So that's not bad. Oh, we've got yeah, 2008 yeah. Opti on it. Nice. That. So the guy repowered it. That's pretty sweet. I actually blew my motor up <laughs> last spring and I really, I looked like I was, this is not my like lifetime haul. I want to get something just slightly bigger. I mean, I don't want a 21 footer, but I want like more, something more like 19, eight, 20 foot, two, 20, like just a little bigger. Cause I have aspirations of fishing bigger tournaments. And I just want something slightly bigger. And so I really didn't want to like repower it. Like it wasn't my lifetime haul and um, you know, great that somebody else repowered it before he got it. And then, and you picked it up. That's a sweet deal. But like, I feel like if I was going to repower it, I wanted to find like something that was like 2010 or older. And there's just nothing out there. Like, no, you can't find a used motor that's worth a darn. That's not crazy expensive. So, um, yeah, I ended up putting a new rebuilt power head on it. Nice. I thought we had it bad three more weeks until season open. Oof. Dang, where where are you? Where is that? In uh, Ontario or something like that. I'm not aware of anywhere else that's this late. But where are you at, Michael? Uh, yeah, the two the, the there's certain two point fives that are pretty good. Um, like I my old boat, I had a one fifty two of I. Pro Max, and that that really pushed that boat awesome. Seventy. That doesn't seem. I mean, honestly, boats are expensive, crazy. Like, so I'm not going to say they're not. Twenty twenty. Um, I feel like any new, brand new, big boat is it it non? Is it like a non-current? new 2020 or is it like a used 2020 i guess i would i don't think i mean it'd be hard to believe there'd be a 2020 still sitting around the way boat inventory got depleted so unless it's like yeah. the worst color combo ever but <laughs> um but that's crazy like everything is like new like stuff that's that new is in scarce right and shortages so whether it's a truck or a bass boat like people are paying a premium right now it's, it's like you said it's a seller's market big time absolutely you like have to find that deal and jump on it and usually it's someone who just really needs to sell it um i 26 the warranty doesn't 68 are you loaded 68 
I guess it depends. Do you have like pulls and that? Kind of, I mean, my boat is not running right. I when I first got my boat, I used to run low seventies, and it doesn't run that anymore. So um, it's the four thousand pounds of soft plastics. I don't know. It, there's just something not quite. I don't know. Like trying to figure it out. And my, my tachometer stopped working, so I don't really can't do the math to figure out the prop, and so I have to get that fixed. And yeah. but I just keep fishing instead of getting the tack fixed because all the marine dealers are like three to four weeks out, and they want you to drop it off and let it sit there. And that's like that's oh, a yeah. not starter for me. <laughs> well, the one of the trips that we were on down in Florida, um, we were using Billy's boat. He was down there with me and our buddy Matt, and we could not get the motor to turn over one day and we are troubleshooting it. None of us really know outboards well enough to, you know, start taking things apart and being like, okay, well it's this power pack or well it's the starter or whatever it may be. So we took it to three different, maybe four different marinas that day down in Florida. And all of them were like, sorry guys, we're four weeks out right now and there's nothing we can do. Like the, the mechanics were still super helpful. You know, they, took some time to kind of give us some things to check and, you know, like a checklist of things to go through, but no one could basically drop what they were doing and help us out that day, which I totally get, you know, that's just how busy they are. They're still everywhere up here is like that too. Super busy. Well, good luck tomorrow, Matt. Um, <clears throat> brand new white and blue. Yeah. I mean, if it's brand new, that doesn't surprise me. Like I've watched a lot of the, uh, Team Supreme Marine, uh, they do like these bass boat build breakdowns, like overpriced, undervalued, and seventy-one thousand for a new twenty-one footer actually seems like the going rate. But that's crazy. I'm not saying. I mean, I think they're all <laughs> overpriced, but yeah. Uh, do you have talons or poles on your boat? I got ten foot talons. 10 foot talons. Are you happy with them? They're decent. They're a little loud. They're older. Um, I mean, I like having them. Yeah. Yeah. I, I, I like having them more than not having them. Um, they probably need to be cleaned again. Like, I feel like I can hear one of them's got a little sand stuck in it. Um, but, I mean, I don't know. I don't know if I do it. Again. I like the simplicity of it. You don't need hydraulic lines. They don't take up space, especially in older boats like we have. They don't have like. <clears throat> a ton of space for like, right. Typically you, you sacrifice storage in your back apartment to put hydraulic pumps in there, which is, yeah. there's not that much storage to sacrifice in the first place. Right. For me at least. Yeah. Not a terrible plan, Tim, not a terrible plan. Um, yeah. Jumping on things quick is definitely, um, well, my talons are used. <laughs> talons is what they didn't have raptors when I put my talons on. I've had the talons for five, six years or whatever. <clears throat> um, I mean, if I was going to go buy new, I probably would buy raptors now. Sam Sobe had raptors. They seem pretty slick and quiet using them last night. They look pretty sleek. Definitely a fan of them. I'm looking to get, hopefully, raptors or power poles on the back of this gambler at some point. Only thing that deters me from the talons is that I've heard they're a bit heavier 
Yeah. And, and the brackets that they're designed are like heavy and I feel like they catch a lot of water. And so yeah. I think on a lighter hull, like a bass cat <clears throat> or a gambler, you, they, they don't respond as well to having that right. extra weight right in the rear. And then the way the plates are designed, like they actually catch so the further you sink in, the more those plates keep catching. And it's like this, like, Oh, it's, it's just creating drag. Yeah. You create Basically. a lot of drag. Yeah, you know, that is definitely like something my boat does not need. I mean, it already sits like pretty ass heavy in the water. Like yeah. it sits like that. So that's the last thing that I want to keep it very light back there. There's actually, there's not even storage compartment back there for like a co-angler to keep a stuff. They put more storage up front to keep people to put stuff up there. Right. Because so, they know right. they don't want any more weight in the back. Yeah. Which is what I've read or learned a little bit about. It's pretty interesting to me. Uh it's pretty cool. That boat has a lot of history and it's definitely a lot of fun. I did forget to mention, I have a new John boat actually being built right now. Yeah. I saw some of those pictures on your Instagram. I was going to ask you about that. Dude, I linked up with um, a guy that's in Virginia beach. He's probably an hour, hour and change from me. His name is Matthew downs and he goes under the tricked tins uh, Instagram name where he basically pimps out these John boats that are, insane i mean some of the most beautiful builds that i've ever seen and he reached out and offered to build me a new john boat for help with promotion and obviously like i was blown away by it i'm like hell yeah dude we definitely have to do something like your work is awesome and he is building right now like one of the sickest builds i that i've ever seen it's insane and he worked with me a lot on um the layout and like kind of things that I've liked in the past or seen or things that I didn't like. And I mean, this thing's going to be completely wild. And I've also been somewhat um, spotty with the posts. Like I don't want to show exactly how it's going to be, but I I don't mind sharing it. Uh, The layout, it's going to be almost like the low stinger layout with the rod locker in the middle. So that way you're able to keep, um, up to an eight foot four rod, which I, the only rod that I have that's bigger than that is the eight, six swim bait rod, but it comes apart at the handle. So it'll still fit in there really well. Um, probably fit 20, 30 rods in there if you wanted to, and it's going to be very open and spacious. You have, uh, two storage compartments on either side of that, which are both sealed completely dry. And they have the water channels going down with tubes leading into the bottom of the boat. Uh, the middle section, normally like where Ace and I keep a cooler for the tournaments that we fish is gonna be completely like boxed in, sidewalls, cup holder on the side, uh, and then back bench is gonna be the live well. The very back of the boat, battery compartment and gas tank. And then he's gonna turf it, filled it with electronics, like a, uh, electronic panel in the front face, like of the deck. It's going to be. Definitely I don't know if I'm okay with you not having a cooler live well. I don't know if that's okay. Like, I, you know, did we? I don't think Ace and I have lost a fish 
in the last five years that we've been fishing them, or I guess we've been fishing them. How are you going to carry but, your fish to the weigh-in if you can't carry the cooler up there? You're going to have to be lame and get like a, a, a weigh bag. You're going to have to get like terrible. a fishing weigh bag to carry your fish in like a peasant. I know, man. It's going to be pretty bad. I think um, that or we will just keep a cooler close, like in one of the trucks and run up and grab it for weigh-in and fill it up and drag it up there. But the, the boat's going to be insane. So like over the top, insane, something I could never do, but sneak over to SV fishing TV on Instagram. You can see a few sneak peeks there and uh, Mr. Norby likes it. So there you go. I made it. You made it, bud. I made it. Uh, let's see here. If you, yeah, if you check out his Instagram, you can see a lot more of his builds. And I did a quick Instagram video of what his latest build, which is, just awesome that was for a local angler uh chaz carrington he's he fishes all the opens and stuff like that but he also fishes some of the smaller jumbo tournaments really good dude i met him out on the james when i was practicing hoping to get in to the open but yeah his boat's ridiculous yeah i think aluminum bass boats have come a long ways in the last five ten years like i think there's a pretty good business case i mean like between john cox jeff gustafson jason christie bill lowen there's been a lot of tour level events won out of expresses and lunds and crestliners this year so um, i don't think you can argue the results i mean does it it doesn't matter who's in that boat you could put me in the in a brand new phoenix and like one of these pros and an aluminum, like my John, but boat, I think what it's, it's gonna, not handicapping. Them. I guess that's the point. I'm not saying that the no. aluminum boat necessarily gives them an, ad- okay. sometimes it gives you an advantage, but obviously it's not putting them at a competitive disadvantage. Right. When like there's been a significant amount of wins out of aluminum boats. Um, Absolutely. No, I a hundred percent agree with you there. And I think, I mean, they're, they're so nice now at this point, like, so what is it express that makes, I mean, those are insane. And um, Vexus, some of the newer Vexuses are beautiful boats. Like, I don't see anything. I, I really want to. So I've been in the 18 foot Vexus now, although we spent most of the time. I mean, it was great to fish out of. It was an awesome fishing platform. We barely moved. So it's not like we really got to like rip around the lake and like it was dead calm. So can't give you really much like <laughs> we weren't really challenging it from a, a performance standpoint. I will Fair. say that like, maneuvering around the dock it definitely it doesn't turn sharp like a glass boat like if you know what i mean like i'm sure you know right like uh they just don't have that rear keel they don't bite like you can't just like put your foot in the turf and make a quick pivot like so i did notice that hasn't really changed um but rock solid to fish out of i would love to fish in one of these bigger 20 21 foot expresses crestliner vexus i want to get in the bigger ones and like uh, be interesting because like my style of fishing is to fish a little shallower. I, like I said, I don't, I don't want to get into a 21, 22 footer. I want to stay in that like high 19, low 20. I like to fish shallow. I like being a little more nimble. Like I'm not the kind of guy that wants a 22 foot Vexus or a Ranger, right? I want something that's a little more nifty, nimble, quick, speedy, you know, that's just more I my style. Um, yeah. You like that agile boats are kind of like up, that. up in that shallow stuff. I like that. No, that makes I mean, a lot of sense. My dad had a 19 foot Triton bass boat for a while and it had some advantages, but you know, that was like 
a generation or two ago, I did not love that boat. It was wet. It didn't like didn't do great in big waves. So I would be really interested to drive some of these newer boats because um, you know people say all the right things, but until I drive it myself, I don't know that uh, you know I'm sold until I like <laughs> do it myself. I don't know for sure. I mean, the, the other thing is like almost everything whether it's in this industry or any industry for that matter, is going to be opinion based. Like you might, you might absolutely love it. And then I could drive it and think this thing sucks. Like I do not want to fish out of this. There's so many things in this that it, their opinion, like just strictly opinion. Um, I don't know. I, I would definitely be interested in fishing out of one. I wouldn't yeah. be opposed at all. And, and talking to somebody that owns one that is not endorsed by the company. <laughs> no, not at all. And I fish out of both John boat aluminum and a glass, a 30 year old glass boat. Like, I mean, I do love fishing out of the glass boat just because I can rip around the lake or river at 75 miles an hour. I think it's awesome, right. but it's also just Which, new. So supposedly these new expresses do low 70s. So like, that's like, if you can have all of that, that seems like a pretty sure. good deal. One thing that surprised me about the aluminum boats is that I thought that I, I figured that they would have been lighter, but they're actually pretty, pretty heavy. Like they're heavy boats. Mm-hmm. Um, I think some of the ones I was looking at were in the 1500 pound range and that might've been boat. And I don't think it was boat and trailer though. I think it really was just boat, but maybe it was both. could be wrong. Nice. So Michael said he's up in upstate New York, third Saturday in June. But don't you guys have a catch and release season up there? I thought you did. Maybe I'm wrong. Uh, Sycamore talking about his build. Looks like he's got a Bluetooth radio, everything you need. Uh, oh, yeah. I'm more of a Lulu short <laughs> than a Lulu yoga pants guy, Sean. So, um, so Tim's got the 18, X19. Nice. Yeah. I definitely like, I would be interested in checking out one of these bigger, you know, I definitely want something bigger than 18. I wouldn't settle for anything less than 19. I want 19 to 20 foot. And so, oh, cool. Dude, it's been two hours already. <laughs> oh, dang, man. That's crazy. <laughs> I didn't even notice that. That's wild. Yeah. I didn't even see the the live uh, ticker up in the left hand corner. That's crazy. That's how these things go. Like you just hang out, you talk fishing. It's like just like we're hanging out at the uh, uh, the ramp, shooting the shooting the breeze and talking fishing. Hell yeah, that's what it's all about. But uh, why go bigger? Like I said, I just have like there's a few tournaments I fish every year on bigger water where I feel like there's some limitations, like Leech Lake in Minnesota. I could have gotten around a lot better and quicker and spent more time fishing in a 20 footer than I could in my boat. When I fished Pickwick at the national championship with the gas tank I have in my boat and an older motor that doesn't get as good a gas, I couldn't make the run that I maybe would have wanted. When I fished Oahe in South Dakota, I, there was no gas, literally even stopping. I, there was no place that I couldn't fish as far away from the ramp as other people that were catching. So um, that's why there's just, this 05 basket with the setup I have now is just a touch limiting sometimes in some of those bigger events. 90% of the tournaments on the lakes I fish, I don't care. I like running around quick on plane, no big deal. But just every now and then it's can be a bit limiting. 
Um, Those are all three very valid points that I've literally run into in, within the last month. Well, yeah. Leech Lake, well, even your practice, maybe not like, super valid. Gas on the James River. Yeah, so. yeah, dude. Well, I just want to say I did. I fished Leech Lake last year when we were up there for that musky battle. The place is awesome. It's huge. Yeah, it's wild. So I, I can only imagine. It, one of the days we went out, it was pretty damn windy, and we're in one of uh, my buddy's boats. It was like a twenty-four foot Ranger, like deep V though, or like a deeper V than a bass boat. So wasn't as bad driving through it, but I couldn't imagine being in a 18 or 19 foot bass boat. With a nice south wind going across from Boy to the other side of the lake, right over the open. That sounds about (laughs) right, but man, we were getting rocked and I was like, man, it's so nice being in this like bigger, like St. Clair boat. We dragged it over with us and I'm like, I'd be dead. And like, I wouldn't have left the ramp in the job boat, you know, at that time, like anything small. I've had 19 foot bass boats up on Lake of the Woods. I've had them out on Lake Michigan. Like, so I, I I'm not worried about my safety, but like, there's an efficiency. Right. Like when I have to drive 22 miles an hour, if I could be driving 40 in a bigger boat and still like not beating myself up, but like it saves you a lot of time. Um, fair, very fair. Uh, and then, I mean, obviously talking about the bat, the uh, gas stuff, like you said, you couldn't, make the run to where the fish are eating without yeah. running out of gas. There's nowhere to fill up. That is exactly what I was doing that first day of practice. I was like, the boat's so new to me. I don't actually know how far I can run on one tank. So I just wanted to get out and run that boat basically as hard as I could, as fast as I could run all the gases, like as much as possible to see mm. how many miles I can get out of one tank, which is probably close to 75 miles. Sure. But I would have made it. <laughs> yes, I do. Like, unless it's a really deep, weird lake, uh, I do think they're mostly post-spawn down here. After being on a 10-day fishing bender down here, I'm largely convinced of that. Uh, Roosevelt, I do believe I've fished that one time. I do remember it being a pretty good lake. Um, should be good. Um yeah, that's not bad. Uh, 19 foot express with a 200 hit 70. That's impressive. I think 70 is plenty fast. Yeah. I think 60 no. is plenty fast, to be honest. It's nice to be able to go a little bit quicker, but I mean, 70 is. That's up there. Yeah. Yeah. Big waters. Yeah. The driver is a ton of it. And uh, I, I have all the confidence in the world to drive uh, and not break my stuff in big water. Yeah. Um, not me, not me at all, dude. <laughs> I'm so new to it. I'm ready to just like lose all my shit at any any given moment. <laughs> but I think, yeah, that's very cool. Cool. Trying to well, get the seat time in. Yeah, awesome. Uh, so for you guys that came late, uh, go ahead and check out the replay. We covered a lot of good stuff. We talked about the boat builds. Uh, Matt start. We talked a bunch about big baits, John boats, all kinds of cool stuff. Uh, you can catch the podcast version if you search Hellabass in your favorite podcast app. Um, check out Matt's channel, SP Fishing TV. There'll be a link in the description down below uh, if you if you can't figure it out. Um, but he's pretty easy to find. He's got a pretty good sized channel. Um, anything else you want to talk about, Matt? Shout out anything? Anything coming up? People, little tease maybe. What's what we can see coming up? Anything exciting? Man, uh, well, shout out to Tricked Tins on Instagram. Go check him out. He's building me my, what will be, newest John boat. Um, 
next year, definitely going to make a run at uh, Fishing the Opens. Pretty excited for that. If you guys want to follow me on that journey as a complete noob trying to make a run at Fishing Huge Tournaments. Nice. Come check it out. I think it's going to be a good time. And shout out to Hellbass for having me on. Truly yeah, appreciate enjoyed it. it. Do it again sometime. Yeah, it's been great. We definitely have to get out fishing. Yeah, absolutely. Thanks for the super chat, Sean. Didn't have to do that. Much appreciated, buddy. Uh, that's awesome. Um, and I guess uh, we'll end it. Uh, make sure you check out the codes from Omnia and Arsenal. Support the channel. But uh, as always, if you guys want to continue to catch more BBS and suck less, subscribe and uh, watch more videos. Suck less. It's only a kick. A jump. A block. It's only a serve. It's only a tackle. A run. It's only for the fans. After all, it's only pressure. You got this. Adidas. As always, thanks to all of you that hung in till the end of this podcast. This has been another episode of the Hellabass Bass Fishing Podcast Experience. Please consider sharing this with any of your bass and buddies and friends. This is the best way for podcasts to grow is through word of mouth. Also, don't forget to search Hellabass on Instagram, YouTube, Twitter, or just about anywhere else so that we can connect in more ways. As always, here to help you catch more bass and suck less.